USB Entertainment, it's me, Soldier Boy. I go there with you, Soldier's Nation. Baby girl, I will stay with you. Sokota Wenshi, I will be with you. Baby girl, I'm in love with you. Hello, baby girl, Lisa. You know, anytime I talk to you on phone, I always told you that I love you. So I decided to do this for you and for the sake of our love. Baby, I love you. Listen to this, please. I go there for you. Anything you want, I go do for you, girl. Baby, I go pray for you. We are you go there to let time it you, girl. I go there for you. Anything you want, I go do for you, girl. Baby, I go pray for you. We are you go there to let time it you, girl. Read, fellas. Read. Flawless intro. Soldier wow. boy. No flaws. Soldier boy. We've been singing that nonstop around this house. I'll be there for you. Wow. Anything okay. you want, girl, I do for you. Baby girl, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> Coming to you pre-recorded <laughs> in these curfew times in the curfew loft. All the way across the country, we have Jamal, the host. Coming to you. Are you guys curfewed, Jamal? Here I am. Um, You know, I don't know. I don't really. Okay. I'm not that up on the news in that regard. Well, Neither was I. can I just, um, since you just stole my thunder, I didn't know you were going to say that my H2 over is curfew. <laughs> oh, see, well, that's the thing. You didn't oh, right know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Morgan's bringing the heat this week. I have no idea what she has. So it's not like I'll, I read all your topics and I was like, I'm going to fucking take the wind out of your sails here. I'm going to chop your legs off there. <laughs> Oh my goodness! So there goes one one of my segments already. That's nice. I thought of it in the shower just now too. I was pretty proud of myself. Well, let's let's talk about it. <laughs> well, we got the we got the Amber Alert uh, notification. Notification. You know, it wasn't an Amber Alert, obviously, but it was uh, curfew in effect <laughs> this weekend, starting eight p.m. until five a.m. tomorrow, today and tomorrow, or yesterday and today. But it ends tomorrow. Yeah, is what I'm saying. But I don't like this. Um, I also Jamal Reed is here. He didn't introduce himself. I introduced him. Oh, you did. Okay. He introduced I wasn't me. Listening to you. Um, Thanks for noticing. <laughs> 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 anyway, I don't. Uh, it's funny, you know. I've gotten through the quarantine situation rather well. I'm very excited about it. Um, generally. Yeah. But something about a curfew really rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm very annoyed. I feel like there's lots of other things that you wouldn't be into. It's anything. I mean, it's just a. It's a very obvious. You can't do this. Yeah. Something that you are usually used to doing, going out whenever you want. Doesn't <laughs> I know. Help. Well, here's so it feels the thing. like a very much a, a, a step into your freedom. It does. Crossing the line. Uh, and, you know, as a kid, your curfew is midnight, not 8 p.m., midnight. I've been caught breaking curfew in my lifetime, and I didn't get in trouble for it. I did not get a ticket. But I feel thrown back into that world, and I'm fucking H2 over it. So is that the deal of right now, if we were to walk out into the streets, we could get a ticket? You get fined or whatever. Fined? Okay. I, I mean, I don't know. When, I, when you're a kid, eight. they just call your parents and say, why is your fucking child out? They call your grandparents <laughs> if you're an adult. Um, yeah, it's, uh, 
850 right here. So maybe there is a curve for you where Jamal is, but he still has some time. Maybe you should. we should pause the podcast so you can go I out know. and enjoy the, go the enjoy. outside world while you still have an hour. Yeah, Here's that's okay. the thing <laughs> is that, um, fuck, I just forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, I haven't heard the howling. Have you? Um, I didn't listen for it. Oh, yeah, we've lost Jordan to a new video game, everybody. So Are we jumping into that? Oh. Are you stepping through your list right here? No, <laughs> just no saying, I don't have I that I thought you were going to fire, fire <laughs> off all your shit so I don't step I didn't on have you again. That written down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I decided to pick up uh, The Witcher 3, which came out back in 2013, but uh, always regarded as one of the best RPGs of like the last 15 years. So I was like, all right. And I've always kind of wanted to play it, but I knew it would be a big time suck. And, but I finally was like, ah, whatever. <laughs> I'll start playing it. You want to watch the show? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, I'm I not did. Interested it looks super good. Okay. JK, rolling. Oh, so what is it about? What do you do? It uh, reminds me of a game that I used to play. I told Jordan about this. I used to play a game where you were like, I don't know, some kind of a goblin or a ghoul or something, and you went onto a website. I, I will never in a million years remember the name of this game, and it irritates me so much. I played it for like a year straight. Uh, if you're listening and you know what game this is, as Morgan <laughs> describes it, you would go onto a website, and anyway, you were like a character, and you could play with your friend. I played with my then-boyfriend at the time. Obviously, I didn't find this game by myself. <laughs> I was not a game player. In any sense of the word. I like Peggle. That's about it. Anyway, you would like fight these monsters with like your buddy and you could change your weapons and like it progressively got harder and like the, the things were harder to kill and they had like energy and stuff. And it reminds me a lot of this game you're playing. And it was like a, it was like an RPG where you could like up, upgrade your stats and stuff. That's what I said, yeah. Yeah. And you get armor. Like you could get armor. This sounds like so many games that I feel like it would be very hard to pinpoint. I mean, it's just a just very look up, common RPG. Just look up RPG. armor battling um Armor monsters. battling goblins. <laughs> is it Monster monsters. Legends? Is it, no, is no. It, uh, I think it started with an N. It was like a weird word that you wouldn't notice or recognize. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't find it (laughs) with those keywords (laughs) it's too broad uh but anyways i mean i'm uh i've been playing it for a few hours now and i'm not i wouldn't say i'm really into it yet it's a lot of uh ramp up and a lot of like getting used to the like there's it's so overwhelming all of the items and the crafting and the i'm gonna message chris words okay okay but yeah, I just, I mean, <laughs> I can tell that after after I put some time into it, I could probably get more into it. But at, as of now, I'm like, this is nowhere nearly as good as like Breath of the Wild. Like Breath of the Wild, it just is a knockout, uh-huh. straight up, super fun to play from off the bat. And this one I can tell is like, it takes a lot more effort to be fun. And like controls wise, it's not as smooth. <laughs> it's a little more clunky, mm-hmm. but I'm going to stick with it for a little while. Anyways, uh, what else? What else? The curfew, yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I'm not paying attention to really anything on the news. I'm completely oblivious to all of it. I know it has something to do with the protests that are going on. Um, 
But that's what I was gonna ask. I was like, is it protest related or it's COVID protest related? related? It's protest related. It's only two days. Apparently well, the streets are on fire, up. but I mean from my window. Oh, I went to the store yesterday at seven forty five and it was like normal. It couldn't be more chill. It's just like, yeah, I'm sure where we are and in where most places, most people, 99% of wherever you are, it seems completely normal unless you're are looking, we gonna watching address, the news. Are we going to address so. the song that we played? We will. We'll get okay. to it. All right. So. Oh, he messaged me back. Naughty Otis. I've never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's a, I told Naughty you Otis? <laughs> <laughs> Naughty Otis? <laughs> like naughty Otis, no. <laughs> the main character is Otis, and he's a bad breathe. boy. First of all, I can't <laughs> believe this is the message I sent to him. What's that game we would play on the computer? It was like a website you'd go to and play this game where you had armor and fought monsters. I think question mark or maybe animals. <laughs> question mark. <laughs> of course, he knew. It. I, you didn't play many games. I'm sure if you knew what game oh you played. Oh my god, I'm dying. N O D I A T I S. Please Google it. Uh, no. <laughs> you can Google it. <laughs> I haven't yet. Oh my God. In other news, I uh, saw, <laughs> I catch I catched a glimpse at um, a fi- uh, Morgan's aunt and uncle's house, because we do not watch the news, but they had it on, that there was a, space, a SpaceX uh, launch first launch of actual astronauts on board in the past nine years on u.s soil and so of course trump was there to take the credit and uh and that that there was a cool little uh launch watched it live watched a rocket go up successful launch pretty cool um other space news i heard uh tom cruise is gonna where are they going to the International Space Station. The oh, ISS. Cool, cool. Um, Tom Cruise is going to film a movie in actual space. Wow. Directed by the... Uh, oh, it's an app. You can get a nut. She's still on this. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> naughty fucking audit. <laughs> oh, it's an app. It's an app. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> Tom Hanks is going to be filming a movie in outer space. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Tom Cruise. Got an app now. Tom Cruise, my dude. Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, Tom Cruise. Well, that's that makes more sense. Oh my god. Um, it's going to be directed by the same guy that did Edge of Tomorrow. Um, they're working cool. with SpaceX. Uh, Elon Musk is all on board to make this thing happen, and. Uh, yeah, and NASA is involved because they want to do scenes like on the actual International Space Station. Pretty crazy. Whoa. Trying to drum up interest yeah, in the space ambitious. program. Very ambitious. It's going to be an action All thriller. We haven't been to the movies in a long time. Nobody has. Nobody has. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I miss it. That's the thing where I probably miss the most, going to the theater. Okay, the cinema. Cinema. Jordan, uh, has been I don't need to talk about this right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, so I've noticed something about Jordan. And when he falls asleep or is like asleep in the morning and I'm awake and I don't know why this has happened probably cuz we had that bad mattress and I couldn't 
like sleep through the night or something and so I just went 10 years without noticing this but you have like dog nightmares and you shake your leg like a like a dog (laughs) dreaming like over and over and for hours until I fall asleep it's like it's like somebody's snoring but you're having leg spasms yeah maybe you should move me or something I've done it before I have yeah that's interesting it's very I think I probably don't do it that often I feel like you would have noticed like you're just assuming that you always sleep through the night. He logged just... in two days ago. <laughs> That's how he knew so fast. It's... Oh boy. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm done. Nadiatus. All right. So <laughs> he, he, checks, he checks like once a year to make sure everything's okay, which I doubt. I'm sure it's much more frequent than that. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm done. I'm moving on. I apologize. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I thought that was pod worthy. Nadiatus. Definitely. Yeah. Nadiatus. All right. Um, so, yeah, your spasms. You should go to the doctor. Yeah, but I feel like I, 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 I'm I not convinced that it happens often enough. I feel like it probably happens on days. It's happened to, twice that I've noticed since we've been here. I know that, but remember. You're dehydrated. Remember when that could be it? Gotta stay hydrated, homie. Yeah. Um, it could be. Remember when we first moved, when I first moved in with, uh, uh, Jared in that apartment. Yes. And all of a sudden, I was like waking up in the middle of the night, no. mid sentence from dreams. I was like, Yes. I, I do remember that. I, I have, have a feeling it's almost like I'm not getting into a, a deep <laughs> enough sleep when in the in a new location. Yeah. That coupled with this mm. new bed. Mm-hmm. You're all fucked. Because I still did the leg spasm on on the Casper, yeah. not just on that sofa. So I feel like uh, it's almost like I'm still adjusting to location and bed sure also not moving around like i feel like it happens more on this is all like i don't have enough evidence but my guess is it happens more on days where i don't get a lot of exercise in so it's almost like my body's like trying to get that in at night you know (laughs) trying to i don't think trying to kick my legs around get some movement (laughs) you know yeah we're doing that jujitsu exactly oh yeah Gosh, we have so much to cover in this pod. I love it. This is it. a huge, we got a, a huge episode <laughs> for you guys. There's so much to get to. Yeah. I mean, I thought we weren't going to have anything until yesterday. And then all of a sudden I'm like, holy fuck, we have too much. Too much. Too much to get into. <laughs> <laughs> Still on it. <laughs> okay. I mean, we got to pass. Okay, we're passing it to Jamal. Jamal, what do you got? What do you got? We got to pass it over to you because this is too much. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So, uh, I just got back a, a couple days ago. Ian and I did a, a road trip, full day there and back to Bellingham to grab a, a bunch of my shit because it looks like I'm going to be in Oregon for a while. So, I went and got a bunch of clothes and my guitars and a lot of my belongings and stuff. And it was uh, it was a it was a hell of a time. We had a great time. We just was it a, just to pick up your time. stuff, or was it a move out? Were you moving out? It it was not a move out. It was not a a full on move out. I still have stuff there. A lot of the bigger stuff uh, I left behind. Obviously, like my bed, and I have like a keyboard there that I left, like a full like eighty eight key. What thing. kind of bed you rocking over there? It's, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> uh, is it a like foam the brand? I have no idea. <laughs> is it a foam twin? Uh, it's it's a it's a spring. Spring twin with oh. spring chicken. 
But you got a topper though, probably right. Full. Mm. Yeah, spring. it's 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 nice. It's 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 pretty com- it's pretty comfy. Is it comfier than your current sitch? Uh, for me, yes. The my current sitch is is a twin, but it's like that real soft memory foam, which sometimes fucks with my back. Um, so I prefer a firmer mat. We covered this in the last pod, but. <laughs> yeah, but it was just super dope to to have all that time with Ian. I like just um, for me it flew by. I mean, he was the one doing all the fucking driving. But oh, yeah. um, yeah, it's always fun but, to do a road trip with Jamal. <laughs> 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 but no, he. I mean, come on. We had we had a, we had a good ass time. Nice. Fucking, talking about all sorts of shit. We're talking about. Uh, Did you record it? We're going Odd. into that. <laughs> We sh- we should have man we I mean it was a little bit too personal for that for yeah for, but I almost feel like even those types of conversations if you just get them on tape there's a, you could probably edit it down to like an hour of solid convo oh my god if nice. if you were willing I mean that's like, true you know on a day where you have time to do such a thing you know not as like oh yeah, we're gonna launch a podcast like not necessarily it being a podcast but just like have this cool audio yeah hmm. it's also it's also cool to have just fucking conversations <laughs> with people without having to record them. But. <laughs> <laughs> no but i mean that's something that Ian and i have talked about and i'm sure we've talked about it too is just the idea of having um i would love to do it the way that we you know when we all hang out um I mean, obviously we do it, the three of us, but like when we were, uh, when we were in Oregon, uh, for the family reunion and stuff and we were all hanging out and we were talking about, uh, all sorts of shit. One of them being like the big reveals, which is a, a project I want to, I want to, I really want to work on in some form. I don't know what, what medium it'll take shape. If it's going to be stand up or a fucking book. I don't know (laughs) who fucking knows an album, but, um, but that kind of shit, uh, I think, is really important to talk about. Um, there's the the interpersonal uh, shit that nobody wants to talk about, really. And then the, the, there's a lot of sh- sh- unnecessary shame around certain t- uh, taboo topics or whatever. And so Ian and I were talking about a lot of that kind of shit, and like you know our own our own neuroses and our own uh, uh, insecurities and and uh, all that fucking shit. And it felt it was really, really cathartic and really, really dope. And uh, and being here in Oregon's been super sweet uh, because I feel like Ian and I haven't, uh, him, him and I've been sort of disconnected ever since, uh, a f- since a few years ago or whatever, whenever it was when I moved back to Alaska from Oregon and stuff. So I don't know. It's been super dope to reconnect with him. And um, but all that being said, I miss you guys. Miss you guys a ton. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, go Mor- fuck yourself. Morgan is in the the laughiest, <laughs> naughtiest of moods. Okay. I just don't. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop. You could be in a laughy mood. Nope. But what are you, what are you finding funny currently, though? Right? Your face. My face. See, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do about this, Jamal. So. Uh, I'm so glad that you had a good time, though. That sounds Thank fun. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it was fun. <laughs> oh fuck! I forgot to do something. I have to. I have to 
send you what's oh, going to be the yeah. podcast pick, Jamal. Uh, okay. Actually, I'm going to send you two, and you have to help us decide which one it should be. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Basically, what the what the podcast pick is going to be is going to uh, it's going to be a little Animal Crossing photo. <laughs> While I decided to dress Morgan like a uh, fun person. capacity. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, and then I decorated her room. (laughs) The most ridiculous shit. Have you gotten the pictures, Yedual? They're fucking downloading on. Oh, yeah, I forgot you got that slow, slow. But this picture is kind of slow, slow, so I can't wait for you to see it. (laughs) And then uh, Jamal, uh, a lot lot of times Jamal will hate what I choose as the podcast pick because he says it's not colorful enough or it's too dull or the contrast isn't there does he really say that i don't know he did it that one time <laughs> i said that one time when? kind of a big only because oh like a blast episode maybe because Uh-oh. he's not a i've fl- recently been using the, i like the podcast pick is fine in the context of the podcast pick but sometimes they're not always the best like a- advert well this one's gonna be colorful on this one is colorful it's eye grabbing it's a, it's a, a popular game. Anyways, Is it still downloading? Yeah, I just want Jamal to look at it. I just it. got one of them. I just want Jamal's... I don't want to describe what's in I want Jamal to describe what's in the picture. <laughs> yeah, okay. This is Morgan's character. <laughs> I'm down. Morgan's Animal Crossing okay. character that I decided to dress a decorator room. What do you see, Jamal? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... I'm going to start with what Morgan looks like. Okay. Morgan is wearing a a a pink cat shirt. Um laser beams coming out of the cat's sa- eyes. <laughs> there are laser beams coming out of the cat's <laughs> eyes. She's wearing blue blue jeans with z- a green zipper pockets. I can understand how you would see that they're blue jeans. They're, they're actually snow pants. they're snow pants. Ski pants. Okay. <laughs> I don't That's know what the difference called? of that. But Okay, it okay. is summertime. Just go uh, ahead. <laughs> sandals with socks. Yep. Classic. And they're the move, they're the cool backpack. sandals, the ones that just have one strap that goes <laughs> over the whole oh, top yeah. of your foot. They're bows, oh, yeah. though. They're like uh, those. Fucking... They're like those Kanye West ones. The, yeah. That is where his ankle hangs right, off the back. Right. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what they are. Okay. Uh, she has purple hair. Nice. nice and a purple catch. helmet to match. What kind of helmet? Um. It's like a bicycle helmet, looks like. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's like a retarded person's helmet. Oh, my and... gosh. No, I okay. Have to go so Come on now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, a, a, an adorable little uh, like red nose and fucking blackout shades. They look like... <laughs> they look like... Like... Snapple bottle caps. Or something. <laughs> I was just gonna say they're Coke bottle glasses. Yeah, pretty rad. Like and like ultimate uh, blind. This is I'm on the edge of sight glasses. <laughs> I'm on the edge of sight. I don't really know what my room looks like because there's a fucking. Well, I'm just gonna go left to right here. So there's a fucking. <laughs> this is like a a dry erase board. Um, there is an Easter bunny in the shape of an Easter egg. That's kind of cute. Resting on a cardboard box, yes. 
resting on a cardboard box. I'll get to it. I do have a backpack on, and by right- the way, as well. I don't know if that was mentioned. I think I mentioned that. Blue blue, blue backpack. <laughs> uh, then there's like a fold-out table uh, immediately <laughs> Wow, he's next thorough to that. with the explanations. This is a green <laughs> <laughs> table, uh, yellow uh, framing. And, <laughs> we are going uh, deep on this picture. Yeah, it's like it. a... It's there like a, a it's fucking... Like a, it's like a. It look. Home, it's a skull. It's like a TV dinner tray. <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's a fucking like takes up the entire table. Is a big ass skull. What is it? No is bottom it, jaw. What is the skull? Just a cookie jar. No I think it's actually jaw. a record player. It looks like a record. It, uh, it plays records up in that <laughs> skull. Oh, it looks like a toilet. <laughs> kind of. Can I ask you real quick? Are you wh- what? Is the expression on Morgan's face? Their expression on Morgan's face is she is not happy about it. There are then there's a race car bed. That's kind of that's kind of neat. What else kind of bed? There's fucking Easter decorations lazily hung up in the corner of the room. There's a is that an Akira clock? I don't know. It's amazing though. It's just a cool. It is amazing. Yeah. Uh, then there's a bunch of like big like plastic looking ice cream cones. Soft served ice cream. Yep, you gotta have those. Soft served ice cream they're cones. They're lamps. Oh, they're lamps. They look like they're big, way bigger than you. Your character. Oh yes, they're they big. Are. They're at least they're as life-size. tall as you. Yeah, they're life size. They're like you know whimsical little okay. Okay. things that you can get. Uh, then there's a couple of plaques on the wall there. That's nice. Mm-hmm. What are those for? Happy Home Academy. <laughs> Oh, nice. You look pretty upset about it. And uh, and then there's a fucking wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> Race cars and wheelchairs. All right, so that's the podcast pick, everybody. I love it. I love it. Jordan had so much fun doing that. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning, and I was tailoring. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Speaking of sleep and 1 o'clock in the morning, I slept all day today. All day. I woke up at five. Well, first I woke up at eight. And I texted Jamal a little bit. And I was like, I'm awake for the day. You know? As one normally would be at 8 a.m. Then I went back to bed. This is all detail you don't need to know. But, uh, yeah, I took a little nap till 11. Then I I ate so much dinner last night that I thought I was going to throw up. So I just did not eat breakfast. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. The last night's <laughs> dinner situation. Insane. She ate, she ate never. food to the point where she, for the rest of the night, KO'd. <laughs> Usually it's like a, it takes about an hour to be like, after you've I eaten, overeaten. open my To eyes. be like, oh, okay. Like I'm starting to actually feel like I could probably walk again. She was like, I'm going sure. to throw up. I'm going to throw up for the rest of the night. And she, she exhausted herself to sleep with I did. the and pain and anguish. What did you guys bad. eat? Pasta. <laughs> Almost beef chorizo. Almost beef chorizo. So Jordan is very sweet, you know, tried to go to the store for me. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tried to go to the store for her. Yeah. <laughs> she gave me a grocery list of shit. I went to go get it. And, and I always and I'm, fuck, I, I'm here's so the history. specific. The history is whenever I go to with my get grocery list. Morgan's grocery list, I always fuck something <laughs> up. Or I can't find something. But it's like or I get the wrong version of something. It's so incredible because <laughs> 
I feel like I couldn't be describing like to me there is no other option you know like when I'm making the list and you time after time after time continue to prove me wrong on that like uh-huh. there are canned lentils at, for the listeners out there there are lentils in a can like beans never seen that in my life anyway I put tr- and one time I put parsley on the but list you don't get red lentils and so there's red lentils <laughs> in a can yeah I didn't know. I didn't fucking know. She well, wanted me to go to the dry goods. And then I'm like, great. Like, I just wouldn't have known to say. So now I put little notes like this is also sometimes called this or you'll find this in the bulk section or, you know, flat leaf parsley, not curly parsley. And I write little notes like that. Well, not or like fire, not fire roasted or fire. Roasted. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. One 28 ounce can fire roasted tomatoes. Uh, so diced crushed <laughs> or whatever. There's like 19 different options of tomatoes. There's a lot of tomatoes. Anyway, I put chorizo on the list. Jordan mm-hmm. comes back. I go to make dinner. I have water boiling on the stove. I fucking open the fridge and it was beef chorizo. Beef chorizo. Chorizo is a pork product. First of all, I showed Morgan everything I bought. I wasn't paying attention. I said, beef chorizo, you're like, great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guess what else? Guess what else? Guess what else? Which, this seems to be a very popular product, and I'm interested to try it, because I see it everywhere now that you've bought it. This isn't a fuck up, by the way. It is a fuck up. It's not a fuck up. Jordan gets... I know exactly what you wanted. I know, I know. Jordan got rigatoni made of chickpeas so they didn't have she wanted rigatoni free pasta they did not have regular rigatoni Mm. i know what i know my pot i know what to look for you put rigatoni i'm not gonna come back like oh i thought you wanted farfelli i don't know i need two things for this meal i need rigatoni and i need chorizo the only rigatoni they had was rigatoni made (laughs) from chickpeas and i texted morgan a picture of it like Will this work? And I said, no. No, you said no when I'm already driving home <laughs> a half hour later. So I was like, I just bought it just to be like, all right, you can, this way we can have. I'm down to try it. Like, I'm never going to be like, here's what it is, but I ain't eating it. Like, it's going to be, I bought it. So we'll have to give you an update on that because I will, I am, I will be trying it. I well, so she made the tonight. meal. We, I decided to go to Target and get regular rigatoni anyway because she was too afraid to try it with. Yeah. Jack be rigatoni, but and then I'm I sure saw the chorizo, and then I had to go back to the store. But here's the thing: is you know, chorizo is very it's just a spiced sausage essentially. So it's so heavily spiced that we had the beef chorizo in Migas this morning, and it was kind of better. Same. It tastes the same. I like it because chorizo, the flavoring just takes over the whole meat, no matter what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so in my defense, like when I went, there was a whole wall of beef chorizo. And in my I mind. I went back and there was no such wall. I actually she went the back, beef chorizo. You went back the next day though, right? Correct. Yeah. So different stock. Um, But when I went there, <laughs> there was a wall. There was a, just a lot of beef chorizo. But I wasn't looking for the meat. Mm. I'm just looking for <laughs> chorizo. I'm not assuming that they're going to have all these variations of chorizo, okay? Sure. sure, sure. So I just pulled that one thinking, yeah, that's probably fine. I didn't see pork, chorizo, and beef chorizo. I'm like, which one should I get? 
No, I just wasn't thinking. I was like, there it is, chorizo. I'm mm. not even connecting that. Jordan doesn't obviously like to double check what he's getting at the grocery store. He likes to be very speedy. I don't like the grocery store. I like to have and a list, like get the things on the list, and get out. peruse a little bit. And in my defense, store. on the list, it just said chorizo. <laughs> <laughs> So that's wild card chorizo in my book. But uh, (laughs) anyways, this is a long conversation about chorizo. (laughs) This is on the long list of things. uh, A huge episode today. (laughs) A lot of things to get to. (laughs) (laughs) Animal Crossing photos, stories about chorizo. We still haven't talked about the song. I'll be there for you. Okay, so let's circle back to this the opening song. I'll be there for you. Anything you want to do for you, girl. I'm going to pray, pray for you. Because <laughs> I'm in love with you, girl. Soja Boy. That is a Soja Boy. S-O-J-A. Uh, he is a Nigerian rap star. Uh, 90 Day Fiance, everybody. <laughs> this is from 90 Day Fiance. He wrote Fiance. it for baby girl, baby girl Lisa. <laughs> Jamal's favorite segment of the pod. Where we talk about 90 Day Segment, dude. <laughs> yeah, but you have to give it's us. It's like this weird mixture of I feel so left out and I could not give a shit. <laughs> 90 and, Day Fiance. Yeah. You're probably a good barometer for the days. listeners. but How did I stop talking about how I slept all day? <laughs> I slept till like 5 p.m. Yeah, Morgan took several naps. Yeah. So. I mean, what do you want to talk about? You want to jump over to that? No, <laughs> I'm to... sorry. I just didn't. I realized <laughs> I left that train. <laughs> you want to go back to Naughty Otis or no. I don't know. <laughs> so I apologize. 90 Day Fiance, Soja Boy, a.k.a. Usman. Usman and uh, his, uh, the, the American in Fox. this situation is, is Lisa. Baby girl Lisa. Baby girl Lisa, who is a... 60 52. 50 54? no way 52. she looks 70 she looks so old it's impossible she aged poorly <laughs> she has this kind of voice <laughs> and it's just she has no redeeming quality she's, she's not a nice a person she's a cunt being. she fucking is a insanely jealous piece of shit person like i hope she hears this i yeah, mean baby girl Lisa. most of the people on this show are just not good people. <laughs> just like, just... But she in particular is just an awful human. And and he's actually really nice. He's super nice, but obviously, I mean, he just wants to go to America. Yeah, he's a rap star. He's a celebrity. The only way he'd put mm-hmm. up with this whole thing. Is that, like, it's, it's, it's insane to me, the whole situation of them, like, that he's not just walking away from every moment. Because she is just this nagging, awful person. She's terrible. I couldn't stand her for 10 she seconds. She scrolls comments of people like he has videos and, and songs and stuff in his Instagram. She scrolls his comments and finds people who are like, I love you. And she goes like, who is this? And, yeah. Who's telling you? Who's telling oh you? My God. And it's she that bad. DMs them and like, it's like, stay away from my man. Yeah, it's awful. And then she yells at him for it. And then, and then she goes, yeah, but I love him. So whatever. Anyways, <laughs> what's the name of the chick who who's uh whose love is Williams? Yolanda. Yolanda. <laughs> <laughs> she has she is connected with a man named Williams. Hey Williams. Williams. <laughs> Williams. She has Williams an, with an in S. her phone with as an S? the Williams. With an S. The fuck? She this is so this is uh a situation 
where the guy in the photos is a very ripped shirtless <laughs> man that she's in love with and she is 50 years old herself yeah and um, but she's lost a lot of weight but she has like seven kids she's in love with williams but has never seen him never <laughs> video chatted with him only has the photos only talked to him with him on the phone and chatted with him and is convinced he's real and over and months. over and over again, her, her kids are like, this guy's not real. They reverse image search him, and it's like a stock photo he's using. Well, first of all, she's trying, yes, she's oh trying God. to get to London, and he, like, can't tell her the name of the airport, and then he just goes dark. That's yeah, he doesn't know anything starts. about London. Yeah. And <laughs> he's like, I just love his accent. And it's like, they, like, do some, like, investigating, and he has, like, the person who owns his profile has like a Nigerian name and shit. It's just completely obviously a scam. <laughs> She's the only one in the whole season God, I can't see who hasn't that. actually met up with their person, which is so shocking because David, David from and, Las Vegas, and his fucking girl Lana. We, it was so clearly the same situation, and this is the fucking trickery of the show. But he's uh, Lana lives in Ukraine, and he. Tried to go visit her fucking four he is times. Dweeb of the century, by the way. He has a fake toupee hair and like <laughs> he's fucking sixty years old. And Lana's like, you know, a twenty year old. Twenty four year old And he's head over, he's so in love with I just love Lana. I she's the girl for me. And then he goes to Ukraine to meet up with her four times and she never shows up and he goes, I gotta go again. Everyone tells me she's not real, but I'm gonna show them. And it's just bat shit crazy he hires a private in- private in- investigator and she fucking is talking she's on like eight different websites talking with eight different men he's given her over a hundred thousand dollars 100k dumped into this Jesus. woman and he's super convinced that she's real and the entire fucking show you're like this is obviously a scam and then the fucking last episode. This time, fifth time's the charm. Fifth time he's waiting and she fucking shows up. She is She's a real person. Late. And and she has, so it's like in his mind, it's just so infuriating how it's like it's in his mind. He's probably like, I showed everybody, I, like I, I knew, knew she it. was real, this, this, and that. But yeah. she, it doesn't mean all that other stuff isn't true. Yeah. That she's talking to a bunch of other, other people and she's not in love with this guy. And it's quite clear when they're hanging out that she is not showing him any affection. And he's like, if I get a strike, they go bowling. If I get a strike, you got to give me a kiss. And she's like, uh, all right. <laughs> like reluctantly like lets her kiss her like on the cheek, basically, <laughs> after he get- mm-hmm. finally gets a strike. I don't know. It's, it's fucking retarded. That's the show. This, uh, anyway, he wrote this song for Lisa. Yeah, so he's a he's a superstar. He thinks he's going to come to America and be a famous rap American superstar named Soja Boy. Soja Boy. Anyway, <laughs> in the music video, the his producer or whatever put a model in there, and holy shit, did we get five episodes of drama and sass from her on that? Actually, it was just one, but it was like an hour and a half, you know? Yeah. It feels like a long time. We see every scene at least four times. So you see the scene when they're like, next week, on 90 Day Fiance, you'll see a scene. Then on that episode, like in the beginning, it'll be like, previously, like yeah. a, well, it'll be previously, but like 
to see that scene again. Uh-huh. You see it once on the episode before yes. for the upcoming. You see it once in the beginning of the next episode. Like, this is what you're going to see in the episode. Mm-hmm. You see it again, the commercial break before it actually shows, like, coming after the commercial break. Yep. Then you see it for real. Yep. And then you see afterwards, they'll, be, they'll flash back to it, like, remember when this happened. Yeah. So you'll see every scene about five mm-hmm. times over <laughs> while you're watching this show. It's insane. I mean, truly the whole show you see that many times. It's, there are a I can't wait for this whole thing to be scenes. over and we can get over this. I'm, I'm more over it than you, Jamal. Trust me. <laughs> I don't think you are. <laughs> I don't think that you are. I think I am. I'm pretty sure you're not. I want to get back to watching real movies, but... Anyway, all of the comments on the YouTube thing are like, you know you know, baby girl Lisa's reading these comments or whatever. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, like everyone waved to Lisa. So that's the song. It's been a real hit maker in this So house. that's bottom of the barrel trash. <laughs> and so now let's get to, to prove that we're not awful people. Me and Morgan both read books that we can bring up. Nice. Oh, yeah, I finished another book. That's Morgan, right. brought, Morgan, you finished uh, The Happiness Hypothesis. No, that was last week. Oh, yeah, you finished another finished, book. Did you talk about Oh, yeah, you talked about that. I last finished week. The Silent Patient. Yeah. Then you finished The Silent Patient. I read that in like a day. And how, what do you think of that? It was not great. What? I give it three stars. It's, it's slow. I guess the more you're sitting on it, the more you have a bad things to say about it. Did I say when three you, and a half? Well, when you first started reading, I was like, do you like your book? And you're like, yeah, I like it. And like the chapters are really short, so you can fly through I do like that it. about it. And then, it's not a good story, though. I mean, it's too, it's not like, first of all, it's like, it's just a mystery thriller. I love those. And I know, but it's not clever. I don't like that. My, it's like you I start like, to figure to it out. It's not even like, holy shit, you know? It's like really, it's your standard story. I didn't see anything in it that was new. Anyways, you, you gave it a three and a half when you first finished. Okay. And I now it's gone to down to three. More, so. uh, um, critical as the days go on. Hmm. But I finished. You love this book, Jordan? I haven't, I haven't read it yet. Oh, okay. I read uh, Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, I've been meaning to read that. It's good. I recommend. I read it. It's a good book. Uh, Anti war sort of book, but funny. He's a funny writer. Yeah, it's good. That's cool. Fucking, it's got time travel, it's got aliens, it's got war, it's got. Uh, funny lines and it's quick it's a quick read i recommend i finished a book on my end you did i did i've been reading this book off and on for (laughs) like two years this sounds like an epic what is it took me forever to read it's not even that huge of a book or anything um it's called the denial of death it's a. it's like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> by Theodore Geisel. It's uh no, it's the Denial of Death by Ernest Becker. And uh Pecker or Becker? I really really like this Huh? Pecker or Becker? Pecker. Be- Becker with a B. Okay. He has an Ernest Pecker. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's it's I I really like the book a lot. It just took me a long fucking time to And I'm not much of a reader. Reading makes me fucking sleepy, but I'm trying to I'm trying to read more. Good. You guys are inspiring me to do that, and so I f- 
finished that, and and that's basically about um, it's like a psychoanalysis kind of book, and it's him talking about this idea of um, the motivation for why we as human beings do anything is this like unmanageable fear that we're all going to die someday. It's like in the back of everything we do mm-hmm. and it sort of motivates and drives us to do everything. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's pretty interesting. And uh, yeah. So then I just started reading today a book that he mentions uh, in it called the trauma of birth by Otto rank, which came out in like the twenties, which is another psychoanalysis kind of book but it just feels like the might be the the yin to the to the yang it's because so. like when we're born it's a very traumatic thing like you're nice you're like holy smokes you just come out all cold <laughs> and it's bright as fuck and then they slap you around jostle you all <laughs> they over the slap place. that ass and, and then you're, you're like holy shit why am i in this very i mean you don't think you don't have thoughts like that you're a big bubble mush mm-hmm. Brain but like yeah so it's like yeah it gets into the I, your brain actually works the ideas better. and the theory binds no it's not, not better done but yet. your brain it doesn't work ye- better two years old is when you're the best right but it's working like overtime hard drive fucking mm-hmm. insane input putting things together yeah you've never mm-hmm. seen the light before you're like what the fuck? yeah at first it's yeah. like your brain is yeah your, <laughs> that's what makes humans so fucking crazy adaptable mm-hmm. is because we come out like most animals they come out able to walk it's because their brains are more Wired formed up. and they're more rigid. So they can come out and they need to be ready to run as soon as they get pooped out because there's the lion. But humans come out just a ball of fucking mush. Yep. And they, we have to come out that soon because our skulls are too big to fit out of the vagina. Yeah, it's because when you if stand we, if, upwards If we let it grow hips. any further. Yeah. So it, we come out unformed, narrow. fully formed, and then depending on how we are in the environment, our brains will form differently mm-hmm. and we're better to adapt. That's why we've become the fucking leading member of the food chain or whatever. It's our intelligence. And our intelligence comes from this ability to morph and form early on. And uh, yeah, so it becomes more and more uh, formed up until like what? Like you're 20 or something? Like your brain is continuing... To I mean, actually, like, you always have neuroplasticity. Yeah, yeah, there always is. Like, you can always yeah. adapt and learn. But have you heard about, I can't remember what it's called, but there's the the like, ah, fuck, fucking, I wish I could remember. But it's the people who like drill a hole in their head to basically like relieve quote the unquote like pressure or whatever. The pressure, the pressure that it puts on. It's like basically to get back to that that open. space feel that space of when you're in your formative years so that you can be more creative and it's like you're it's like a high basically what? all the time down. of yeah it's this whole fucking <laughs> thing and it sounds fucking fucking Grab your insane. power drill homie uh, yeah i feel like the science yeah, i mean these people fucking the brain science i feel like is just not up to snuff enough yet for me to start drilling holes haphazardly oh no, don't do it i'm not recommending anybody fucking try well, this I at home or whatever but it was I, I was reading this thing a great time <laughs> it's dope i've done it i've done it already I had a few misfires you sound like you're like a fucking superhuman right now yeah you can remember <laughs> i'm word firing on all cylinders <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there but yeah so girl. i just started reading that today 
Nice. The Trauma of Birth. I definitely highly recommend The the Denial of Death um, by Ernest Becker. And uh, I can't fully recommend The Trauma of Birth just yet, but so far so good. Understandable, understandable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Slaughterhouse-Five is on my list. Uh, What else? The fucking... The Case Against Reality is is one I really want to get to by Donald Hoffman. Does that touch on our last week's... uh, Does it touch on that? You know, it might. (laughs) It might. Uh, I don't... Actually, you know what? I don't think it does. (laughs) But it might. I mean, it might. But it's, it's more about how evolution... I mean, so the subtitle of it is, you know, how evolution hid the truth from our eyes about, you know, and it, I mean, yeah, I guess it, it doesn't get into necessarily the simulation theory, but it gets into the umwelt shit that I was talking about. The umwelt. So the idea of our limited perception and how that isn't, that doesn't necessarily make up all of reality and 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 how there's actually big, huge blind spots. I'm happy happy to teach it to you. (laughs) It's Jamal, a, it's a good you got, we got to bring science update back because Jamal always brings the fire like, of knowledge. Oh man, <laughs> I mean, he's quite the host. <laughs> oh come on. So come yeah, on, guys, that sounds on. like an interesting book. I mean, yeah, the whole evolution. Uh, I mean, we only know w- enough to survive the fittest, right. You know, so it's like <laughs> things that, yeah. At least back, that's how we got to as far as as we've gotten. And those that didn't get the things that our ancestors, surviving ancestors, got, they died and they did not procreate. Just the way evolution works. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little summary. Speaking of evolution. What? We found out that that owl bird is. Oh, my God. What (laughs) a discovery. We got to get back to books. How did you know that? Okay, because today we were... uh, Playing bad, uh, badminton. Is that right? Badminton in uh, the neighbor's yard over here. He's like, you guys can come over and use my. He's a really big yard. He's like, yeah, you know, I'll stay over here. You guys are more than welcome to use my yard and play bad badminton <laughs> or whatever. So, anyways, so we're playing badminton and and uh, fucking. There's this hoo like hoo 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 sound, and I'm like, what is that? And he's like, those are doves. Oh, did man. he say what kind Holy of doves? Shit, he did. I can't remember what it morning was. Morning doves, like morning doves. M O U. That's insane. Yeah, so I didn't know anything because we're from Alaska. You know, we don't know anything about these morning doves, <laughs> these sad yeah. morning doves, <laughs> mourning the deaths of their. I assume like they're it's because it's by itself. But I heard you know doves are supposed to be like you know partnered pa- up, pairs, boot up. You have a partner. So maybe they they do the up. Ooh, ooh, when their partner die their lifelong partner dies and that's a, that's the oh, morning that's call. Sad. Uh, yeah, our fucking aunt who's like, oh, you guys are definitely not from Colorado, obviously, because yeah. everyone knows what a morning. She really is. made us feel like dummies. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I was I'm like, sorry. I know very few birds. I can tell you <laughs> what a raven, a seagull. These ones I can spot. Yeah. <laughs> that's a seagull. That's a raven. Could you tell the difference between a raven and a crow? Um, well, see, this that's a weird question. I always thought growing up that crows had yellow beaks and ravens had black. But now I feel like crows is more of like a higher up on the chain. 
like all ravens are crows, but not all crows are ravens. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Even if there is a difference, I kind of thought they were fucking synonyms. Yeah, this is a what to do, what to be. I mean, I just don't know. We can talk yeah. about yeah birds. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a birder. I don't. It's crazy that you had an experience mm. with the morning dove as well. Yeah, I know. Two just today, today. I was like, that is fucking. It's crazy. I know. If we had recorded, you would have been able to guess the bird like right <laughs> off the bat. I know. That's right. This is called Guess the Bird. You have any more birds for us? Me? Yeah. I'll start. I'll I'll start getting some audio. <laughs> I'll start collecting bird sounds. <laughs> be a cool segment. <laughs> Feed the bird. But anyways, getting back to books, I'm in the middle. I haven't finished this yet. I have about a hundred pages left. But uh, I've been reading Woody Allen's book, his autobiog. Oh yeah. What's the difference between an autobiography and a memoir? Are they the same? Autobiographies are more, like, factual. Uh, I mean, like, a memoir is kind of like a narrative. Oh, so autobiography. But an autobiography is written by the person it's about. That's what makes it auto. Right. Well, I mean, right. you can. Ha- a lot of celebrities have writers. Right, but that's just a biography. Right, I think a biography, yeah. Yeah, biography is like, yeah, is like, a biography is like your whole life, yeah. And a memoir is... A moment, maybe you know, part part of it. Yeah. Writing about a you know a pro, maybe a, a prolonged experience of your life or whatever, but it isn't like a f- fucking catalog of. Yeah, your I mean, like, Eat, Pray, Love is a memoir. Yeah, I mean, it's telling a story out of time. Yeah. But now I'm con- now I don't know if this is a bi- autobiography or a memoir because it's not just mm. like here's a snapshot, like here's like a, a moment of my life that I want to get into and tell a story about. It's it's like this the book is his life is like his life and career it's a memoir okay yeah i mean and it's it's you know woody allen's a great writer so there's it's funny and i think well written mm-hmm. all right so that settles that so i'm reading it's called apropos yeah, of but nothing it's, it's good apropos of nothing i am a fan um i have not how much of like his like filmography have you gotten into that have, have I watched? Yeah. Uh, let's see. What have I seen? I mean, I've seen most of his recent stuff. I haven't seen Cafe Society, but I've seen uh, Blue Jasmine and Midnight in Paris. Uh, uh-huh. I've seen Annie Hall. Have you seen Annie Hall? Annie I've Hall. Seen, I've seen I think Manhattan. It's Annie Hall. Yeah, Annie Hall. They mention he tries to get her to buy The Denial of Death. Just bringing that back to the Ernest Becker. The whole scene. There's a whole scene about that book and i've seen i i I mean a while ago i was i was into like when i was first getting into movies i did a dive on woody allen because i mean any hall one best picture so i pretty much watched a lot of those you know he's highly acclaimed filmmaker so (laughs) i watched quite a few manhattan i've seen manhattan i've seen sleeper although i couldn't really tell you much about either it's been a while since i've seen him i want to rewatch any hall actually i i recently is like within the past like two years realized I was like you know I've, I know who Woody Allen is and I had seen Midnight in Paris and Blue Jasmine I think that was it and I was like I'm curious like wh- I've heard of Manhattan and Annie Hall and September and all this kind of shit and um, and just w- watched one of them and then ended up just like watching fucking so many like Purple Rose of Cairo Broadway Danny Rose is fucking so good and I just love his fucking movies his movies are so fucking the characters great. are so great um, in all of his movies like yeah. he just writes characters yeah. so good and the dialogue and stuff 
that's what I feel like the difference is between like one movie that's super great because of the concept and the execution of that concept. But with Woody no. Allen movies, it's almost like you don't really care what the plot is because you're just having a good time watching how these characters interact and like yeah it's not it's almost not important where the movie goes whereas other movies that you watch good movies included yeah it's almost like you're wondering where is it gonna go like you i guess there's some movies like that with or you're looking for a twist or whatever exactly whereas yeah with woody there's like that all has its merit or whatever but no there is definitely a very a deeper more meaningful experience i feel like it's definitely Shia LaBeouf said he hates Obviously plot. Obviously. I feel like a lot of actors probably do. Mm. He hates plot. He what? Hates plot. Plot? Plot. Oh, okay. He hates plot, Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> plot? Are you saying plot? Naughty Otis. <laughs> Naughty Otis focuses deep on character, I'm sure. <laughs> do you want to see my character? <laughs> <laughs> do you have it on deck? Yeah. Oh, my God. Fuck yeah. Okay, Morgan just sent me a picture of her character from Naughty Otis. Oh, shit. Might be the new podcast pick. I did describe <laughs> the current pos- podcast pick in extreme detail. This so. looks like your pockets, like like yeah, your inventory. I'm, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm a person. <laughs> That's what I got on. <laughs> she and she sent me a picture of, like, <laughs> armor and a mouse. It's like, <laughs> this is your inventory. <laughs> You know nothing about games. <laughs> <laughs> this is my character. This is like the character. invisible man. There are boots. You said be a picture of boots. Okay, anyways. <laughs> How much are you familiar with the whole fucking Woody Allen situation with Mia Farrow and stuff? Um, somewhat familiar. And this is actually what sparked par- partly what sparked me going into a deep dive on his movies was Knowing that I'd known something about it, and you know, you'd heard people talk about it or whatever that the stuff about Woody Allen, and and I was like, I'm just gonna research it. I've never researched it before, and I remember like looking into it and reading it and thinking it was odd or whatever. And and I'm I'm trying to remember. Here's here's what I remember reading about <laughs> was that right him and Mia Farrow was in like a fuck ton of his movies. Uh. They were together. I don't remember if they were married or not. They uh, never were married. Never married. And, uh, but they adopted a girl from somewhere in Asia. Is that right? Okay, so I'll just so speed far. this up. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so, for those of you who are uninitiated in the Woody Allen situation or only have a a skim view. I mean, I've read his biography and then I paused because the the whole, his memoir, I mean, a lot of the beginning, he just goes into like his movies and how the movies came about and his, his, him, just himself and his relationships and stuff. And then it goes into, almost feels reluctantly goes into him describing his side of the story of the situation mm-hmm. And so then after I got done reading that sort of part of the book, I actually did a lot of research on myself to, uh, not on myself, did a lot of research myself. To, <laughs> All over myself. Like, Have I done this? No, <laughs> no like, <laughs> I, I, I just looked up, like, what other 
party people party people. in the party <laughs> other people in the party <laughs> i just looked up their sides you know like what other people have said sure sure where my party people at baby girl lisa <laughs> So basically what I, so I, I, when I'm going to say what happened, it's hard. I don't want to be like, this is what happened. And it be like only one person's side of the right. story. Um, right. But from Woody Allen's perspective, he met oh. Mia Farrow. Okay. Fast forwarding a little bit after them, whatever, whatever. And then becoming romantic. At that time, Mia Farrow had, I believe, seven children. Wow. I think all adopted. I don't think she had any biological children at that time. Actually, no, no, that's a lie. She had one biological child named Fletcher. And I, the, some of this I could be misremembering. And she had, there's a fuck ton of kids, so it's hard to, to get them all straight. But uh, <laughs> she had one. So with the previous relationship, she had seven kids. And that's when she first met Woody Allen. And one of those adopted children is named Soon Yi, who Woody Allen is now married to and has been married to for the mm-hmm. last 20 years. So they became involved with each other. They never married. They never even, Woody Allen never even slept over at her apartment with all of her kids and stuff. He never even stayed there. He would visit mm-hmm. often and he. Like, on two occasions, she slept over at his place. They lived in two separate places, both bordering uh, Central Park in Manhattan. I don't know what what happened. I I can't remember exactly how old Sunyi was when they first started going out. I think she was a teenager. I think she might have been, like, fucking... I think she was, like, 17 or something. When when he first met her, I don't remember exactly how old she was. Oh, oh. When he first met Mia Farrow. Anyways, he had no hand in raising these kids, except right. for uh, he he had no problem being a dad. Again, this is how he describes it in the book. Um, out of the blue, Mia Farrow wanted to have a child with him. And he was like, okay. And they tried for a while and nothing really came of it. So eventually she adopted Dylan Farrow, another adoptee. And uh, Mm -hmm. Woody Allen took a liking to Dylan and raised her as if she were his own. And, and then all the, all this time happening, he was also very friendly with Moses Farrow who was adopted. I think either he's an Asian adoptee adopted from somewhere in Asia that that Mia Farrow mm-hmm. had already had, but so at some point he wanted to uh, adopt both Moses and Dylan as his own, and so he was trying to go through that process. But then Mia actually became pregnant and gave birth to uh, Satchel. I think that's his name. Now, she, so Mia oh. Farrow is a little weird. She renames all of her kids multiple times after they're born. So it, it, it makes it more confusing. Whoa. So many kids with so many Jesus. different names. So Satchel eventually, I think after like four different name changes, becomes Ronan Farrow. Oh, okay. Ronan Farrow is famous now for having blown open the Harvey Weinstein 
situation. He was a reporter uh-huh. for NBC who tried to bring that case forward, and NBC allegedly said there wasn't enough to go on. And so he brought it to the New York Post, who blew the story open, and then he also then, in his book, Catch and Kill, named Matt Lauer, and uh, I can't remember who else. But anyways, so he's sort of, I guess, credited for doing the investigative journalism that it took to interview the victims of Harvey Weinstein and stuff, and then brought that to light. So... He also has opened up about the destructiveness of Woody Allen and the situation with mm-hmm. Dylan Farrow. This is now this is, this gets real complicated, but I just want to lay it all out because okay, okay. it so gets started off as like I can speed this up, but that's okay. I would like to hear the. <laughs> it's very interesting. I'm interested. And for, I I, I yeah. didn't want you to take it poorly. I just wanted to make a joke that yeah. I knew wouldn't land when I started talking. <laughs> but i mean i guess i I, it's almost like because i feel like a lot of people myself included have only heard the word on the street version of the story the w-o-s right Right. eventually uh mia farrow so mia farrow so there's dylan something about dylan so dylan farrow is is let's put that piece out in the open and we'll get back to dylan farrow okay put a pin in that we have now we have let's go back to soon yi so soon yi was adopted from korea and then was a very quiet person. And Mia, I think openly, would call her retarded. Just a retarded girl. And that got pinned onto the narrative yeah. after Woody Allen married her that she, that he seduced and uh. manipulated his stepdaughter who was mentally inhibited. And so it became a very problematic sort of headline. Breaking it down... And I actually believe Woody Allen on this. And even though there is, it's a little weird and unorthodox, <laughs> I actually side with Woody Allen on this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. He never Good raised Soon Yi. He was only over there, and he spent a lot of time with Moses and Dylan. Why just the two? Because it's a very crazy house, and we can. I haven't even gotten into Mia Farrow as a person mm-hmm. and how he describes her. And if we, if you read the book, it's... It could be that Woody Allen is such a great writer. Sure, it could be that. But he fucking breaks this shit down <laughs> to where you're like, all right, like this makes complete sense. When, I don't know. When Soon Yi, I know you don't know, and a lot of people don't know. <laughs> a lot of people are already like, Woody Allen is a problematic guy. So Soon Yi was, I think, 21, college age. When Mia suggests to Woody, she, like maybe like you can help her break out of her shell. Like and Woody up until this point hasn't had really no interaction with her. Okay. And supposedly. Supposedly, it's sure. Very odd. I don't understand how he's like adopting her siblings. It's a very weird household. Okay. It's a very unorthodoxly raised family that Mia had complete control over. She's crazy. She has complete control over this family. Woody is like a visitor hmm. into this. Like I said, he doesn't live with them at all. Okay. He comes over and he's friendly with. And he's just trying to impregnate their mother. Well, they're dating. They're like a couple. Like they're exclusive together. Sure. And he's never around. He's always around. He comes over and he, especially after Dylan is in the picture. When Dylan is in the picture, he becomes 
like a father to Dylan. He always wants to hang out with Dylan. He always wants to buy her toys. But Sunyi is never there. Sunyi hates Mia. Sunyi was uh, born in Korea. Her she never knew her dad. Her mother gave her up, and she lived on the streets until she was five, eating out of dumpsters. She then was put into a was found put into an orphanage where she actually enjoyed the orphanage. There's other kids her age. And then when she is seven years old, Mia Farrow takes her out of the orphanage to adopt her. And she describes hating that. Not only not liking it, Mia trying to teach her English and getting very upset with her that she's not learning fast, which is the basis for why Mia thinks she's retarded Mm -hmm. is because she's not speaking English fast enough. So Mm -hmm. she's quiet a lot of the times. And this is her account. The more she doesn't teach her or the more she's not getting the English fast enough, Mia like abuses her. Mm -hmm. She like all this while she's very confused. Like she doesn't speak English. She's taken out of this orphanage and then she is brought around. I think she gets brought around the world as Mia tries to adopt other kids. Basically it becomes a little bit clear that Mia Farrow is adopting kids with disabilities and stuff because she's getting a lot of very high praise and publicity oh, in shit. the press, but she's very neglective of these kids and treats her biological kids like mm-hmm. they're a rung above. Mm-hmm. And the adoptive kids, it becomes a little bit odd that they're almost like servants in the house and they get punished. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sad. She has a, Kinda. like she has a, a paraplegic a kid. Bit. She has a blind kid. I mean, and all of which are not treated as if they're her children. They're treated as if they were a great idea for the love uh, in the press, but not so much a uh, great idea as far as wanting to actually have to take care of them. So a lot of these kids actually take care of each other. Mm-hmm. So soon ye hates me and she's the most vocal against Mia Farrow as far as like when she tries to force her to do things she fights back and that only in turn makes Mia more upset with her and thinks that she's like just this dumb kid and whatever meanwhile she goes off to college and she's happy to fucking leave the house oh yeah she goes to Columbia Mm -hmm. like a lot of retards go to Columbia (laughs) right so (laughs) (laughs) she goes to columbia which is in new york so she's still living at home and i think mia is still like has some sort of control over anyways mia suggested woody allen that she that he hang out with her and stuff so Woody's like all right so i'll take her to a knicks game Mm -hmm. and so he's he starts taking her to knicks game like he just offhandedly would say something like oh it must be like crazy to like live in such a poor environment in korea and then all of a sudden just get thrown into like this glamorous lifestyle style movie lifestyle and stuff. And she's like, yeah, no, like it's, and then she kind of opens up to him about how crazy Mia Farrow is <laughs> and how she's hated every fucking second that she's been in that house and how poorly she treats the other adopted kids. And it's just, it's a sad situation. And you'll have to actually read the book to really get the the nuances of how he explains how just like he didn't plan for it to happen or whatever, but he actually took a liking to her and then she took a liking to him. And then one day they fucking, they like actually like go out on a date, but of course it's, it's in secret, but it, she's, I think 22 at this time. 
that just oh, clears okay. up the whole a lot of people think that he fucking molested her or whatever when she was a teenager that never happened she's 22 and it was consensual it's odd because he was almost a father figure but he technically wasn't he was never legit he was never actually the stepfather or anything and didn't actually raise her and soon Yi and the only thing i can say about it being like it's definitely not definitely but like this is kind of okay is that they've been married for 20 happily married for 20 years and she like totally has his back and they seem like he's happily married and so is she Hmm. like there's no like whatever going on with her she's she has her master's degree she graduated from columbia she's an insanely intelligent person who likes woody allen and also on that who also has been abused by her mother sure i mean it was like it's psychological abuse mostly on that front okay so much psychological abuse in the family that we can go through it (laughs) okay uh because we can because it's like, okay, she has this negative picture of Mia Farrell, right? So surely there must be other kids in the family who agree with mm-hmm. this with this take on her. Well, you can't get all the kids' takes on it because uh, Tam, one of the adoptive kids, Tam Farrell, was uh, blind. And it was reported that mm-hmm. she died of heart failure due to overdosing on her medication that she had at the time. Mm-hmm. Turns out... Due to, oh, we can, I guess, go into this. Moses Pharaoh, who is one of the kids that uh, Woody wanted to adopt, mm-hmm. goes into, he wrote a whole blog siding with Woody on this whole situation okay. about how he is completely in the right. He said that also in this, that it wasn't that she just overdosed on her pills because Mia said that she was blind and she just miscounted <laughs> her pills. And, <laughs> and, and Moses funny. just uh, was like, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, sure, uh-huh. she was blind, but. It doesn't mean she doesn't know how to count. Yeah. And, and feel quantity. And f- yeah. And, bas- <laughs> yeah. And, and sometime before mm-hmm. that, she had an, another very strong depressive episode mm-hmm. where I think she tried to commit suicide before. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't the first time. Basically, it was like, this is intentional. Yeah. There's a mm-hmm. history of dep- depression and wanted to get out. And another one of their adoptive kids, Thaddeus. Uh, who was the paraplegic that she locked in a shed overnight because she didn't want to deal with him at one point. He had polio. He uh, shot himself in the head, committed suicide Jesus. over being depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lark, <laughs> another one of their kids, uh, was a very depressed child throughout her life, and it started going downhill and, until eventually she died of AIDS. Another one of their kids died behind the controls of a plane. I mean, it's just sort of like sadness, it feels like, mm-hmm. up in this house. And mm-hmm. basically, you have Soon Yi's take on Mia Farrow not being the greatest of humans. And you have Moses Farrow's take. <laughs> this is getting uh, elaborate, but I feel like it, 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 it's super interesting, at least it is to me. Because this entire time, I was under the impression that I really like Woody Allen's movies, but he is kind of a creep. That was sort right. of like what I had thought. And now I have it's been turned on its head after reading this book and also reading Moses' account. And I even read like Ronan Farrow's account of stuff that happened. But 
the the Woody Allen's book shoots some pretty direct holes in a lot of it. I'll just so Woody Allen eventually falls in love with Sunyi and they get married and they've been married ever since. So whatever you think of that relationship, that could be fine, that could be disgusting. She was an adult when they decided to get together, so it's not there's nothing illegal about anything that's happened there. What happened was though that when Mia Farrow discovered that he that Woody Allen and Sunyi were a thing, she became very upset mm-hmm. with Woody Allen. Rightfully so, I'd say. It's a little upsetting, I guess. Were they still together at this point? They were not. Okay. They were still friendly and like cuz he would still be around because he wanted to hang with Dylan and Moses. Okay. So that was the extent of why he was always around. Oh yeah, and and Satchel. I'll just call him Ronan from now on. He also wanted mm-hmm. to hang out with him because he it was he thought his biological son Although she did not put his name on the birth certificate and later said that it's actually Frank Sinatra's son. Which, if you look at him, he kind of looks a lot like Frank Sinatra. And Mia Farrow did go out with Frank Sinatra and purportedly uh, still slept with him at mm-hmm. that time, around that time. So it's very possible yeah. that Ronan Farrow is Frank Sinatra's kid. It's actually kid. Frank's. But officially, if you look it up, he's Woody Allen's. So now. Mia Farrow is telling all of her kids that Woody Allen is a rapist and had raped Sunyi, which is kind of like, okay, that's understandable. It seems like if you really care for Sunyi and her safety, that you would be like that. But she also tells everyone that Sunyi is ostracized from the family too, like fuck Sunyi, mm-hmm. which I feel like that's a little mm. odd. Like, why would you be so right. sour towards her if she is a victim in this case? Right. So she just basically turns the whole family against the two of them. She just spins her stories about how Woody Allen is a rapist. But Woody Allen is still coming over to like hang out <laughs> at this time. And they, and they even, me and Woody even have like lunches together where they try to decide like how he can go about having custody mm-hmm. of these kids and stuff. So they're on, I think it's 1992, the incident occurs where she leaves the house to go shopping and Woody Allen is at her place full house with uh, Moses, Pharaoh is there, Dylan is there, Satchel, sorry, Ronan is there, um, uh, maids are there, babysitters are there, uh, other kids I think are there. She goes to the store and tells everyone, keep an eye on this man, like be vigilant, and report back to me anything weird that he does. Like, watch him like a Mm. hawk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he's under that. uh, Very vigilant soldiers going to look over him. Anyways, she comes back from the store. Everything's normal. He even, like, is, like, going through this toy catalog with with Dylan and Ronan, and they're, like, picking out all the toys they want out of the catalog. Dylan, oh, sorry. Dylan is seven years old at the time. Dylan is seven. Ronan is four. And uh, Moses is 14. Everything seems fine. It's totally fine until one of the babysitters tells, like, the, the agency or whatever, who then reports back to Mia, who are under the, her thumb, that at one point during the night, Woody Allen put his head on Dylan's lap. Okay. And the way Woody Allen tells it is, like, I don't remember ever doing that but if it if i had 
like if if for some reason she could have seen that my head was on her, on her lap, we were all gathered in a room and cozy, like everyone sort of like laying down on the floor, open against on the couch. Everyone is gathered in the room watching a movie on the TV. Mm-hmm. It's like movie night. And he's like, so if like, I don't know, like, I don't know what, what was seen that I had my head in her lap. He's basically like, it's fucking outrageous that anything, first of all, I mean, he's from what I could tell from Woody Allen in general, this dude is not into kids. Like he fucking, he's not into underage people. He's probably, he's into fucking younger women, obviously. Because he was fucking 50 when he started going out with Sun Yi when she was 22. But he's not into children. And it's just this. So then the whole thing explodes and the story changes. It goes all the way from that head and lap all, all the way to now he took her up into the attic and sexually molested her. That's where it goes. Wow. From like all the evidence that I was able to read and stuff, that's 100% impossible under these conditions. <laughs> like... He said at one point he walked out of the room to make a phone call, mm-hmm. but Dylan wasn't with him. He, I mean, everybody is there with Mia's instruction to keep an eye on him. Yeah. And yeah. somehow he was able to take her up into the attic, mm-hmm. which he says he's never been in. Has so then, so then it becomes problematic because Dylan gives the account of what happened to her mm-hmm. and says that he molested her. And... He, she remembers the train in the room, and that's all she could focus on was the train going round and round in the attic. Moses is like, that's impossible. There was no train in the attic. There was a train in like the boys' club room that was like in the garage that no one ever went in that entire night. Mm-hmm. And he, mind, mind you, Moses is fourteen, mm-hmm. and he's like, this never happened. <laughs> and the, and the babysitter who like said the whole lap thing was like uh, not one of the nicer babysitters to Woody Allen. And another one of the babysitters said that it was completely, completely not true. There's a situation where then after that happened, Mia Farrow started digging into it and it becomes at least clear. It's it's really hard to just like say with certainty that this would happen, but it's kind of clear that, Dylan was coached. She's seven years old, and Mia Farrow is telling her, "You were molested. And this is how it happened." This is why, like, it's so crazy that you can go from a head in the lap to raped in an attic and be so convinced of your story. Because to this day, she she says that that's, this is what happened to her. And Ronan, Ronan's like, "I believe her and stuff." Ronan was four when it happened, so I don't. Really, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you can believe her because you know you want to be there for your sister, but. It becomes yeah. quite clear to me, at least, that she was manipulated by Mia. Like, Mia Farrow is kind of the ugly person, obviously, from Woody Allen's side of the story, that she is kind of crazy and the manipul- manipulative one. And there's and she did lots of crazy things to do this manipulation. She, for some reason, recorded Dylan naked, asking her, like, then what did Woody do? Like what did he do next? Oh. And then lots of po- lots of breaks in the camera, like stops, and then like starting up recording again. Like, tell us again what Woody did and stuff. Like, there's video that she then edited and sent to Fox News to be like, here's here's evidence of Dylan talking about it. And then the maid then gave her account. Like, 
she's like, this happened over two to three days of her filming Dylan and trying to tell, trying to get her to say these things. So it's like, to me, that's just like, this is some crazy shit to do that, yeah. to like force, like to use her basically to try and destroy Woody. Cause she was so upset with him over the whole soon you thing. And that just became like the clear motivating factor throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. She wanted to destroy Woody Allen because of Soon Yi, and she was willing to do whatever the fuck she could to do that. And she just, and she kind of ruined Dylan Farrow's life in the process. So I believe kind of Woody Allen's take, not because Woody Allen says it, but because Moses says it. And if we're gonna fucking believe what's his Andrew, what's his name about Kevin Spacey? What's his name? He was fourteen, and we're just gonna be like take his word on it like like we're trusting that a 14 year old's account of a story is ironclad moses seems to me to be the most accurate source of information here and it's oh it's so like we can get into even mia farrow's history her family history her dad is in prison i think currently or maybe he's died since for child molestation and he abused his mm-hmm. kids and i think even her brother like all, all of her siblings were have problematic histories and criminal things happening with them. Mm-hmm. And Woody was like, it seems kind of cool that Mio came out of it a better person. And, and then just soon realized like, oh no, she, a lot of this hit her too. She has a lot of her own issues. Yeah. I don't know. It's like you, 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 you watch Woody Allen movies and you see his writing and he seems like a very, well-written kind of a neurotic dude like kind of like yeah, like he's a quirky you know like guy mm-hmm. yeah you know all the way up until he meets Mia Farrow then all of a sudden a lot of this crazy shit happens and it's just to me it's like I feel like he ran into the tornado of Mia Farrow is what it really really feels like and so mm-hmm. uh especially just like all like just the craziness of all the adopted kids and how she did not take care of like any of them. And she treated her biological kids with such over affection. I didn't even get into this, how she would fucking breastfeed Ronan until he was seven years old or something. You know, she slept naked with him until he was 12 or whatever. Mm. Like she did a lots of weird little things like that. Not a conventional parent would do. And uh, how she wouldn't leave her oldest son Fletcher for anything. If Fletcher didn't want to go to school, he didn't have to go to school. He kind of like ran her life at one point when her and Woody were still really kind of going out. Uh, he's like, why don't we go to Paris for a while? And he, and she's like, only if Fletcher can come. And he's like, wouldn't that be kind of weird if only Fletcher came and not any of your other kids. And she's like, I'm not going unless Fletcher comes with me. And it's just sort of like weird shit. Mm. And it's just okay. like, so it's like, she really like. Like basically it was like this is my favorite kid Fletcher mm-hmm. and this is my retarded kid Soon Yi, and it was just like it's just like what the fuck is going on here? So, so of course, so an investigation was done into this whole Dylan Farrow thing. Two separate investigations by investigators, <laughs> and they both came up with the most plausible thing that happened was Dylan was. It's very it's highly likely that she was coached into saying this story. And it didn't actually happen to her. Mm-hmm. And but anyways, he was uh, never criminally charged with any of the accusations. The prosecutor dropped the charges because he said, "quote He didn't want to uh, like." And this isn't a quote. Sorry, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> he didn't want to inflict uh, 
that traumatic ex- that ex- traumatic experience upon Dylan through the, through a court trial, which I feel like, oh, that's fucking convenient to be like, he's totally guilty, but we can't, we're not going to prosecute it because right. I'm not going to go through with it. Right. Yeah. We'll just we'll just let a monster run amok still. Right. Because yeah. I don't put this one a monster who has unit. who has never had any other accusations against him right. of that sort. He just one off. This person who, by all intents and purposes, loved very much as his own kid. Like, there's plenty of situations where he was in a room alone with her a lot, being a dad, mm. that no incident is ever reported to have happened that he would have had full advantage to take advantage of. I mean, it's just like, the more I, re- I started to read about it, the more I'm just like, this shit did not happen. Like, it's just like, it just seems so outlandish. Yeah, And I, I, I had never even heard about that stuff with Dylan. I had never even, I everything I heard was in the context of Soon Yi. Well, not, well, so those Dylan things, especially in the Me Too era, Ronan, I think, is part of like the, of leading the fight for Dylan of being like, why are these actors still working with Woody Allen after all this? Like what, mm. like, and then like, getting actors takes like, what are you doing? Like, how do you still work with this man when you can, when you hear what Dylan has said that he had did to her and they're like yeah we don't actually know what actually happened there and it's not really our business as far as like assuming that he's a bad person like and then like diane keaton and stuff is kind of like oh he's like he's my friend like i don't know what else to say like i nothing he's he, he's my friend and i believe him is basically what diane keaton has said like and uh-huh. it's just like all this stuff where it's like all these people who i think throw acid on woody allen are all people who just don't know, you know, and they yeah, just they are, actually and they're, ta- and and they're taking sides, done, but done it's the just research like, on it. right? Based on yeah, the word on the street. Anyways, so that's fucking sad. It's all a sad situation. I mean, I can like, uh, here's here's a quote from Moses Pharaoh. He says, "In truth, Woody and Sunyi rarely even spoke during her childhood. It was my mother who first suggested when Sunyi was twenty that Woody reach out and spend time with her." He agreed and started taking her to Knicks games. That's how their romance started. Yes, it was unorthodox, uncomfortable, disruptive to our family, and it hurt my mother terribly. But the relationship itself was not nearly as devastating to our family as my mother's insistence on making this betrayal the center of all our lives from then on. Hmm. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> it threw a... Yeah, it's just... It's, I mean, it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't know. It. He seems like such a... Like a not that kind of person mm-hmm. and of course he's he's the author of this book but it's just like this yeah. guy is not this evil yeah i mean one thing that comes to mind is is manhattan which i think is a phenomenal movie i think it, it's probably one of it's probably his best movie in my opinion and but in that movie he has a relationship with a 17 year old girl mm-hmm and that's Which, like that's like the only thing I can think of. And I don't think that anything like happens between them or whatever, but it's like they have like they go on dates and stuff. Right. Um, and I think that a lot of people bring that a lot of people bring that up now, like, oh, it's hard mm-hmm. to watch Manhattan now, like when you know. And it's like it's like <laughs> Manhattan came out well before any of these accusations. Seventeen is fucking worlds different than seven. Okay. So it's just uh-huh. to like and, and Woody Allen talks about in the book, he's like, I'm not like a lot of people assume that the characters that Woody Allen plays are are himself. But he's, over and over again, he's like, this is not, 
like me saying facts about what I believe or whatever. Like I write characters, including when I write for myself. Like this is a different human being than who I am. Mm -hmm. Nothing that happens in my movies is because I'm like trying to secretly say something or whatever. It's like Mm -hmm. I I'm trying to write a story here. So it's just like that shit's crazy. That shit's just ridiculous. Yeah. And and plus, like, if that was the case, why would he do that? Why would he like be like, I'm fucking bottling up all this angst to sleep with underage women. Let me put it in a movie. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Seems counterproductive to his cause. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. Like, I I read Ronan Farrow's take on it, and he uh, he seems like I don't know putting the cart before the horse like he and a lot of people Mm -hmm. have actually said this about his journalism like he there's a lot of integrity gets lost in the kind of work he does sort of like this gotcha kind of not really fully fact-checking sort of stuff that happens there's some problematic stuff in the way that he's doing it and he's very young journalist that's very early like he's fucking 30 years old, just starting working for NBC and cracks this wide open Harvey Weinstein case. And now he's like this hot shot. And it's just sort of like, I don't know, man, like he's not a credible source when it comes to what happened to Dylan Farrow. He was four years old and he's Mm -hmm. been forever as a four year old been manipulated by his mom. Like he's been brainwashed by Mia Farrow Mm -hmm. at the perfect age to do such a thing. Same with Dylan. But Moses was not brainwashed. He's 14 and he's like, and he actually was kind of brainwashed. Like she got him at certain points to be on his side because he wanted to not cause friction. And she is the friction creator. If you go against me, I'm going to fuck you up. So I don't know. It's just it more and more seems like uh, Mia Farrow needs to have the, the fucking microscope put on her <laughs> to see. Cause yeah. I feel like she's sort of slid by and all the people who are like, how can you, not believe Dylan's account of this story. Like, how can you not believe this? It's, it, I mean, you could say the same thing. How can you not believe Sun Yi? How can you not believe Moses? Like, how, how can you stand by? Right. They have stories of abuse as well, but you don't listen to them. You're just the big hot item ticket is to bury Woody Allen. No, that's fucking crazy. I didn't know any of that shit. Yeah. And from what I remember of the account that I looked into, which I think was on fucking Wikipedia or some shit. Was that Mia Farrow found out about it because she found like a Polaroid or something of mm-hmm. Soon Yi, but it was like when she was like seventeen or may 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 have been eighteen or something, but but it was like that. That's what he yeah. him Woody Allen and Soon Yi did a little erotic photo shoot after they had started going out when she was twenty two. And so they had taken pictures of sexual nature and then he had left some on the mantle that he Mm. didn't, that he was too short. He's like, he describes it in the book. Like (laughs) it's actually pretty funny the way he describes it. He's like, I moved all of them into like, you know, where you would put those kind of photos into my sock drawer or whatever (laughs) in the bottom. But there was still like two photos or whatever, like that he he couldn't see high enough to actually like see that they're still up there, but they're up there. And he just didn't, know that they were there and then so but and then one day later when Mia Farrow was over at their place his place for some psychiatry appointment with Dylan and 
it was going long. The psychiatrist was going long with Dylan. So she just wandered into his living room and saw the, the photo, found the photo up there. And that's what started the whole thing. Like she fucking reported it and blew it all up or whatever. But yeah, she wasn't underage or anything in the photo. So yeah, it's, yeah. Whatever you think about that relationship with Woody and Sunyi, it's like, yeah, you cannot agree with it or whatever. It seems kind of weird, and I agree that if he had like raised her and groomed her and then started going out with her, right? That, yeah, that would be really inappropriate. But the fact that he doesn't—he was not really a part of her life, and then it just so happened, like he didn't plan to fall in love with her. You know, it's like, what are you gonna do? He just did, and and she did with and, him. And- and if Sunyi seemed like a crazy fucking person who is damaged and, uh, I don't know, actually was retarded, <laughs> then Being I can be like, this of, is, yeah. yeah, it'd be weird. But no, she's a fucking Columbia graduate who over and over again talks about how troublesome the Mia Farrow was, but she didn't take any shit and she would constantly fucking fight back against her. And she just seems like a pretty well put together person and i you don't really stay married to somebody for 20 years if you fucking don't like them you know <laughs> so it's, i don't know it's just like <laughs> like it's like oh, oh, oh fucking that's gross that he did that but it's like it's not like soon Yi is coming out and being like woody allen took advantage of me you know yeah right what are your thoughts morgan i feel like you're 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 skeptical oh i just have i mean i don't i don't have any idea i recommend the book I do recommend the book. I don't have any idea what What's the title again? Apropos of nothing. That's another thing. Like, Ronan Farrow was boycotting the publishing company or whatever. Like, I can't remember who the publishing company or who they were associated with. But basically, he was like, I'm going to fucking, like, do something or somebody. Or a lot of the right, Or, like, he got a lot of the writers or a lot of the people who work for that publishing company to quit because they're publishing this book mm-hmm. like fuck this book like this is it's bad <laughs> and i just like to me i'm like what are we doing are we are we book burning now are we uh mm-hmm. is that what is that where we're at and that just sort of is never the answer in my opinion i think you should let everyone have a say especially if they're going to tell their own story there shouldn't be a situation right. where you're like <laughs> you shouldn't be allowed to read something or write something i just it's that's that's just a definite no-no and to me that that to me shows a lot of almost immaturity on ronan's part for sure especially if he's in that field he's a he's a journalist make any sense (laughs) yeah so yeah i don't know it's uh i mean i'm not saying like oh i i believe ronan as a thing i just i don't know the terms of their relationship. So I just don't. Of whose relationship? Sunyi and Woody Allen. I don't know what her situation is. I mean, they have kids together. <laughs> they they seem happy. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but I just don't agree with the claim that you don't stay married to someone for twenty years if you don't like them. I feel like that's not. I feel like if you're Woody, Allen, I mean, he, this is his third marriage. He was married to woman i can't remember her name and then he was married to louise something she stars in a couple of his movies and then he dated diane keaton for a while and they dated 
be a pharaoh for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then he married Soon Yi with a lot of, he had a, a few other relationships that are mixed in there. But I mean, I feel like he's not the kind of guy to just stick in a fucking relationship <laughs> with somebody. I just don't feel comfortable like. enough to comment on Woody Allen's tendencies, I guess. Is yeah, I mean, I'm not comfortable <laughs> to be definitive about it, but I'm just saying as far as like, if you're going to come up with a fucking opinion, right? It's I, like I just don't. Why? Have what? One there's no saying. reason not to believe that they're happy in the relationship together. Right. There's no reason. I just find there's it no very evidence odd, that she's a prisoner in this situation, except for that he is the father of her siblings. Yeah. Which is very odd. It's very odd, but again. She actually never felt like a daughter to Mia. She was always right. It's like these are things that are like odd, conventionally on paper, sort of a thing. Like, but if you if you look at everyone on a case by case basis and you lay it out, and you look at the actual relationships between the people, it seems like it's and some of it. Parts of it make sense. <laughs> make sense, especially if there was any sort of I don't know bad blood between Woody and. And uh, Mia, I mean, that wouldn't have to be, I guess. But, you know, that being a, bo- a source of bonding or whatever, or or I guess, yeah, again, I guess I don't think there would have to be. But Woody realizing, like, holy fuck, as soon he tells him all this shit or whatever. And Yeah, and just and just the setup of in Woody Allen's mind, he thinks she's retarded, too, because Mia has pounded that into it. All he knows about her is that she's the quiet kid. When he comes over, like he never, like when he'd come over, would see abusive stuff happening. And he just, he was completely oblivious to all of the crazy shit. And he would, and when he came over, or when he took Soon Yi out to that Knicks game, and then she just sort of offhandedly would, would say, like, no, it was not, it has not been good. And then all of a sudden, like, he starts actually talking to her and realizing that she's this incredibly smart person. It's just like that juxtaposition of like right, assuming it's like that's that's when having an like, idea yeah, it's of, like that's when they first met. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like he had mm-hmm. this idea in, in his head of who she was, mm-hmm. the slow girl of, of of Mia's adopted kids, and all of a sudden it was just like baffling to him, like what the fuck, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and she's come and she's telling him like all this stuff that's happened that he had no idea about, and then just like the hardship story of like. She fucking survived I mean, on the streets sort of, of have Korea. An idea homeless. about it because of like the Fletcher situation. He's obviously aware that he she was treating different kids differently. Yeah, a lot of the, the timeline on this is a little confusing. Like, I don't know exactly if that happened. Like, like well before. Like, it was all like that. I think happened like in the earlier parts of their relationship or whatever. Like. He wasn't really looking, like he said, there was lots of red flags, but he wasn't. But Mia Farrow, it's almost like them both being doing what they do best. Woody Allen wrote this book, and he's a fucking incredible writer, so mm-hmm. it's very convincing from his written word. Mia Farrow is an incredible actress, and so from his perspective, mm-hmm. dealing with her, she seemed she was always incredibly charming. And put like everyone really liked her when they'd meet her in person. And so it's like he, he didn't really. And then also in all the press, all the publicity that Mia Farrow ever got was how 
she was a super mom mm. and how crazy of a good mom she was. And she adopts these kids and takes care of them and all this stuff. So in Woody Allen's mind, from his perspective, why would he, he doesn't have any kids of his own. Why would he be like, like he just thought, he points it out in, ret- in hindsight yeah. about it being odd, like the way that she tr- treated Fletcher and stuff. But he's like, but at the time it's like, I didn't, I don't fucking know what the right way to, to raise a kid is. And especially since he wasn't living in the house with them, it's not like he saw all that. He just thought it was odd that he wanted to go to Paris just with her, but she was very attached to Fletcher. And like every time that she would leave the house, as soon as she would get in the car with Woody Allen, she would have to call Fletcher and they would be on the phone. And like, there was just, she just kept everything else perfectly hidden secret. Like, I don't know. Perfectly hidden secret, I wouldn't say is the right way to put it. It's very confusing about the way the household is set up. There, there's lots of caregivers and maids and babysitters and stuff, and it's very confusing where kids are when. <laughs> but a lot of these kids committed suicide <laughs> at some point, and it's just sort of like there feels like there's a huge story to follow each of them, you know, all the kids individually to – see like how each of their individual stories unfolded but sure i don't know it's and i uh, um but he wasn't involved with the parenting of uh, all of them he only got involved with the parenting just some of them <laughs> I mean, he it's, beca- like- <laughs> it's almost like he became a friend to moses like moses took a liking to him and they started hanging out and talking baseball and shit okay and so when he would come over moses would come into the whatever room he was in and they would like eat toast or whatever like it was just it was like that <laughs> but he never like interacted really with the other kids and he never was, felt like a father to any of them until she adopted dylan then he became involved and started like just wanting to be a like a dad to dylan sure it was it, so i mean whatever unconventionality i feel like you're so skeptic and it could be because i'm not no, it's really because I it. honestly, but I, I, no, it's because I'm just trying to, I'm tr- intentionally trying to stay on the other there's side. There's for sure lots of details that aren't there. I don't know the household situation. The household yeah. situation, I feel like could because be like, I know maybe they live in such like a huge mansion. I don't something know. And get like fully, like I can feel that you really believe that. I'm sure I would too if I read it, but I haven't read it. So that's why I'm trying to be on the other No, and you should. And it's. Side of it. But that's why almost like I felt myself being completely convinced by him. And that's why I actually did a lot of like I started reading articles and I tried to and all the articles and it could be just because I got to his opinion of it first. But all the articles that go into different things about the situation, he addresses and his version, I feel like, makes sense. You know, so I just it's hard to it's hard to not believe him. Okay. There, I just didn't read anything that was completely damning that I feel like he didn't address in the book. I was like, well, that seems pretty crazy. I never read anything like that. Like, that seems very kind of weird. And he I never mean, addressed it, you know? I don't know. I just, like, personally... Uh, and after the investigations concluded that he didn't do anything weird, I just feel like it's you're, you're kind of being unfair once you're... Like, you can do the whole not believe Dylan situation. You, you don't have to like damn her or anything, but to then still be like Woody Allen shouldn't have a career after that point. I feel like I it's a little unfair. That. No, I know, but just anybody who thinks that he's bad person, but he was never charged with anything. 
They oh, were convicted yeah, of, of course. I mean. And went to trial. Or not, he didn't go to trial. They didn't never went to trial because, like I said, the prosecutor was like, we didn't, we couldn't bring it to trial because there wasn't enough evidence and we just didn't want to fucking put Dylan through that. So, mm-hmm. and there was, and I mean, I'm I'm just scratching, scratching the, surface. the surface. Like, as, mm-hmm. as far as like the details, like there's little things, like even the prosecutor, like Mia would do things like, go out to lunch with the prosecutor and stuff and <laughs> like f- like from the get-go like throwing her charm on to like different people that were involved in in ways and so it's it's almost like like the prosecutor wanted nothing more than the investigation to come back that he was f- a fucking pervert but they didn't and so he's like shit you know <laughs> so it's like and the even the judge like who said that, who ruled that he couldn't ever see Dylan again. He, like, out of the gate was, like, Woody felt wanted him to be guilty. And it just it turned out that he wasn't. But he's, like, I f- and the judge still concluded, doing no investigation of his own, just being a judge. Mm-hmm. The investigation came back, but he said, the investigation, uh, I'm not going to uh, use that as evidence. I'm just going to, I just feel like, from what I've heard here, that it, it's inappropriate if you continue to be with Dylan. It's just like okay, so he's not convicted of, and I, and I agree that it could. It's a tricky situation to be like, no, you can start hanging out with this person again that you've been accused of molesting. But it's also like from Woody Allen's perspective, like he fucking loved her like a dad, you know, and now mm-hmm. he doesn't get to see her ever again. So it's sad. Cheers. It's sadness all around. <laughs> I still got a hundred pages left of the book. I I think that he's just going go to the rest of his rest of his career. The whole book isn't about this, by the way. This is like right, right. This is like fucking two chapters in the book. <laughs> it's, it's a, uh, it's like sixty pages. How long out of is four hundred? It's about it's oh, four hundred. Okay. Word word. I recommend it. I recommend reading it, uh, especially if you're a fan. Um, yeah. <laughs> talked about this for a long time i know god damn i, I didn't even want to talk about this but just to, today i was just finished reading that whole section so i was like i got i don't want to wait a whole week before oh, i talk damn. about this mm-hmm. i don't want to wait till i finish the book and then have to wait i just feel like oh thank you that was a nice uh read the book reading corner uh tell me i'm wrong i don't i don't know I, my mind's not made up i just feel like I, I i give a little give here when it comes to like people who are accused of something that there really isn't any hard evidence for. I just right. feel like it's, I'm not right. quick to condemn. Right. Except for there's no crime per se. I'm not saying there is a crime. <laughs> I am saying she was <laughs> in a role. It was a parent daughter role. I mean, when he was taking her to Nick's games, it that was under the the I am in a parent area and you are in a child area. But it wasn't. She was twenty two when he took her to a Knicks game. Mia said she's quiet. Want you wanted to get her to like I wanted to get her out of the house and stuff. It right. Would it would be make sense like, that that Mia thought of it that way because here's this twenty two retard, right? So. It but it, it, like it's impossible to think of it even as a retard at this point because she's going to Columbia. It'd be like right. two's dad taking me to breakfast. No. Uh, we've had zero 
I've seen him maybe like three times. Mm-hmm. I've never, he's never stayed over at our house. He's never, I, in zero ways, a parent to me. Okay, yeah. Uh, who? 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 My brother's dad. Okay. Um, that my mom was married to before me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I mean, it's like, but he is on the tier of like, those are the parents. But the only difference also is that you don't even consider, you would not consider your mom to be like your mom. Like you would hate your mom and you're like, and you would be adopt, she would have adopted you. So she's legally your mom. Mm -hmm. But you have your entire childhood growing up was nothing but friction and you wanting to not be around this person. I don't know why that changes. From Sunyi's perspective, Woody was just one of Mia's dunces that she was manipulating. Like she's like, She's like she says like she never even loved Woody Allen. She, the entire time she was in the house, she would fucking always like woo over Mike Mike Nichols, who like lived down the street, and she was like waiting for him to get divorced. Fucking Mike Nichols. <laughs> she's like I like head over heel, heels in love with Mike Nichols. And then when Nichols, Mike Nichols divorced his wife, pocket. she was she wanted to get right in there, but then he very soon after that married another woman and she was fucking devastated. So it's just like this whole time. Uh-huh. It's just like, soon you never thought of Woody Allen as like, here's stepdad. Again, they never lived together. <laughs> I mean, I know, but that's what I'm saying. That's why it's a good analogy, but that's why it's, well, that's what all I'm also saying is it's not even a perfect analogy. Sunyi's situation is even more removed than what your situation is with two's dad. But even then, mm-hmm. I feel like if all of a sudden you went out to lunch with Two's <laughs> dad when you're 22 years old, uh-huh. and all of a sudden you both fell in love, sure. I don't. Is that wrong? I don't know. He never. Was I'm a, not saying it's a criminal thing. Right, but right, so what's but, inappropriate? But it does sound like you have like a moral issue with it or something. It makes it it brings up feelings of disgust. It's just an intuition. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That's almost that's a personal <laughs> thing. There's no. I feel like I feel like anything, if we're talking morality here, anything that does that, there's something. Just it's just. It's, I'm not. You're bringing it up because you're not attracted to Two's dad, but that's not the situation that occurred here. <laughs> it's like it would be. It's so odd to even say that. It's like. It's not even a it, on the spectrum of things that could be true that I would be attracted to Tuesday. <laughs> of course, <laughs> it's not in your reality. Sure, that wasn't the situation that like. So I'm just saying, like, if you take Soon Yi's side of the story, mm-hmm. like, do you think that she felt the same way about Woody Allen as you did about your stepdad, and she still was? lured into marrying him anyway i mean i just i don't does, know that i know that that's a very me. possible how i don't think it's very possible i think <laughs> that woody allen would get somebody who liked him back <laughs> it's like that's some as he did for everyone is in his entire life some people are sick man <laughs> all right <laughs> i'm sorry i don't mean to frustrate you i'm not I'm i not haven't frustrated. read the book i'm not frustrated i'm I, just uh, fucking around i know okay <laughs> i'm on the same page as you all right I just feel like the more, like, starting from that position of just, to me, it's so clear that Mia is a troubling character Mm -hmm. in this whole thing. And I feel like, what are the odds that Mia is batshit crazy, but also she's completely in the right about the whole Woody Allen thing? (laughs) That's that's sort of where I land on that. I uh, (laughs) I don't know. 
<laughs> and also, That's I mean, sweet. I don't know the extent of the hate that Mia Farrow receives. The hate you give. But the hate you give. <laughs> but I am unaware of any of that. I didn't know any of that shit. Yeah, I'm just saying damage on top of more trauma is not does not equal, oh, only one of these traumas can be possible. And I feel like that's the argument you're making. The argument I'm making is that Sunyi seemed like a very autonomous person, very independent, very control of her self. But she's been looking out for number one since day one. Yeah, she's, she's a fucking scrappy, okay. smart person. And... I don't buy that Woody Allen, maybe he charmed her, <laughs> like, but I don't believe that he groomed her and to be, to be his future wife. It just, to me, it just doesn't add up with his history and okay. the kind of life that he had led up until that point. I mean, sure. he wasn't going over to their house and being like, hey, Soon Yi you love me and like <laughs> putting a fucking swirly hypnotist thing in front of her face. I just don't know. <laughs> it's just odd to me that you can like, I don't, I really want to get off of this. Topic. I really want you to read the book. <laughs> but like, it's very odd to me that you can be so definitive about what Woody Allen did or did not do like his definitive. I wouldn't stuff. say I'm definitive. I'm, oh, I'm well open to be convinced either way on this mm-hmm. i'm not fucking closed off to anything i'm never but like every time i ever. say something you're like i just don't feel like woody allen would do that well it's like okay. feel okay so feel is the wrong word to use <laughs> yeah feel, it's my it's my gut it's it's it is a feel but like i've read people's accounts of the story it's and based it just on all, doesn't all seem the evidence you've taken into account Exactly, sure. it's evidence-based. Like it's, it's not a personality feeling. judgment. Okay. Wholeheartedly, it's right. not just like I like. It's not I like Woody Allen's movies, <laughs> therefore I think he's innocent. And that's not what I'm doing. Right. Okay. I'm reading the accounts of what happened, personally, just to follow Occam's razor here. It's just I feel like it makes more sense that Mia Farrow was not a good person, and I, Woody I, Allen does. I, I'm not saying that that doesn't have to be true. But after what happened, I guess, so you're, I don't know. We, we've talked about this too much. <laughs> we really we've are. Got, we talked about it way too much. All right. I, I'm fine to give up. I don't actually have an opinion. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is going to be a long one, guys. What else you got on that notepad there, Morgan? Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> we went to share tea today as well. <laughs> <laughs> we went to a... Uh, an Asian smoothie spot today called I Share sure Tea. Soon Yi was not there. Called Soon Yi. <laughs> um, I had a matcha red bean milk tea, which was a fucking so good. Um, eighty percent sweetness. I will do fifty percent next time. I think I might just want matcha without the red bean. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this is such a funny conversation to have right after. <laughs> Well, the only other I got thing... the 80% sweetest, but I think I'll go 50 <laughs> next time I get the matcha. The only other thing I have is um, the Epstein doc. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to watch the, Je- the Jeff Epstein <laughs> Which doc. Which might be why I'm oh, such Jesus a fucking sassy, Christ. sassy attitude. Why? Because he's, he's obviously guilty and you oh, feel for like... for sure. Definitely guilty. Uh, <laughs> but I honestly... It was an okay documentary. Like, it wasn't like... 
Oh my This is God. what Morgan did while I played The Witcher 3, <laughs> by the way. I wasn't really interested in watching it. It was fine. Um, and I really don't mean to make fun of any of the victims. But like, okay, well, first of all, it's a James Pat. Okay. James Patterson, who is an author, uh-huh. familiar with James Patterson, he's cranked out a hundred books like he's like you know like a stephen king as far as cranking them uh but he does <laughs> he like, cranks them. <laughs> he, does a, a he comes of, to cranking them a lot of stories anyway king status he i keep seeing him like narrate you know or how they interview people and he's like giving narrative and i'm like what the, like why is james patterson a part of the interview squad of these people. It's like, they don't call them victims. They call them survivors. Uh, <laughs> 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 they're like the other ones. And then it's James Patterson. I keep thinking this. And um, then I on the opening sequence, the next episode, it's a James Patterson Entertainment production. So he just decides to give his <laughs> 50 cents. This is kind of the reason why I didn't even know all that, but it's kind of the reason why I wasn't really interested. I just felt like Jeffrey Epstein is sort of a hot button yeah. topical thing. And I'm kind of not really interested in documentaries that just jump on a fe- like a this yeah. is what's I mean, sometimes it's like maybe if it's like something crazy that just happened and it's well done. But I feel like more often than not, they just want to crank out a documentary while the, while the iron's hot and they know they'll get a lot of eyeballs as opposed to being like a deep dive, here's the truth of the situation. Right. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of crazy. Like, he developed a basically a pyramid scheme of, like, recruiters. Like, the, the number of people that are involved in this, like, some of these girls are like, yeah, I recruited at least 30 girls, like 30 to 40 girls. To do what? Uh, give him these private massages and then it's up in the air what happened the extent <laughs> of what happened, what happened. <laughs> i mean like anywhere from like him just having them get naked and like jerking off to like raping them i mean it's a full spectrum of uh accounts but there's one of the survivors is an artist okay <laughs> And at the end, oh my god, she shows this painting that she's done to like sum up her, her feelings and like her experience. The Jeffrey Epstein thing, and it is like, I mean, it is like child's art, dude. I mean, it is, and like the level with which she's explaining away like all of the elements of it <laughs> is just so over the top. Like you never I've never heard any artist of any kind input so much of their own meaning onto their piece of art, you know, like it's too clean mm-hmm. almost. Like what she's saying, like just to give you an example. <laughs> there is a picture so part of it is like an acid trippy kind of thing. Part of it is the Capitol building with a UFO hanging on it like a hat with Jeffrey Epstein's face painted on the UFO. And the reason that element is in the painting is because the U.S. government gave him a free ride. That's what she means. <laughs> <laughs> and like, 
there's just so many like little things in there that she's like and this is here like here's his house is on the island and here's like it's just uh, this fucking hodgepodge mm-hmm. of the whole documentary i just watched you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah and she just had her explain the whole thing yeah <laughs> and like and then she's like this is she's uh has paintings of all the victims like in the courtroom and she, like as she's taping them up she's like this is my sister annie it's like we shouldn't have to i don't know we shouldn't need all of this explanation it's just very <laughs> kindergarten-esque <laughs> it sounds like a kind of documentary that yeah it seems like i mean it's four episodes long i just mm-hmm. like yeah it just to me just like it's not i'm not interested yeah, I mean, and like the whole Jeffrey did, Epstein didn't kill himself or whatever that whole thing. I was never on. They did on say any that, of that the 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 experts that were being interviewed were like, "There's it's completely unfeasible that he was murdered in this situation." And then there are other people who were like, "He did." Or there's one. Where uh, do you land after watching? I the don't doc? give a fuck. I don't even. That's how I like the whole when everyone's like, like like, the whole Epstein didn't kill himself as it being like a whole meme. Like people like throw it in there and everyone laughs. I'm like, I don't know. I never was on that. I I was like, I don't give a fuck. I mean, and for to Bill Clinton's credit, um, although he was seen on the island, no one ever saw him doing anything inappropriate. Unlike fucking Prince Andrew, who just gets railroaded. Also, he gave this interview that i didn't know about to like plead his innocence or prove his innocence by giving this interview and he says that he has a medical condition in which he doesn't sweat because part of like the girl's account was that he sweated all over her at this club or whatever. <laughs> he's like first of all i don't sweat and it's like okay buddy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you don't. There's a picture of him with 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 his hand on her hip, like arm around her waist. A photograph. Are there any pictures of him sweating though? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like, I don't, I don't have any recollection of this being taken, so I don't. That's his. So it doesn't exist. Basically, you're like, all right. I don't remember this happening. Therefore, the photo never happened. Yeah. 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 I don't know anything about the whole situation. What's really weird is like his girlfriend is a bad person, but. Maxwell apparently was like huge in this whole she was like the first recruiter you know but she's uh, you know an adult human being Mm -hmm. and some of them were like they ranged from 14 to like 20 something like that anyway she was she's like a very uh key figure in the whole thing anyway that's all I'd never heard of her before Maybe I will watch it then. <laughs> All right, we are we're we're deep into the pot, and uh, we we still got Megan's topic. Oh And I will forewarn you guys that she sent along with it a text that says, "I foresee you guys discussing this for oh some God. time." <laughs> oh boy! So this is a doozy. <laughs> this is a doozy of a podcast. Everybody, we're gonna hang in there. Uh, I'm getting Press hungry. pause, grab a snack, because uh, now we're jumping into Megan's topics here, all right? Make sure we're still recording. We're recording. I'm checking the levs. We are good. Uh, here we go. Hey, Reed fellas. You know how Disney has been remaking their animated movies into live action movies? They had Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast, 
Little Mermaid's coming up and Mulan is coming up too. Mulan is going to have no Mushu, which boggles my mind because he's one of the main characters. And I'm uncertain that you can even call it Mulan. I mean, they might as well just called it a different title, but whatever. We'll see if it's great or not. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was wondering how you felt about all the remakes of the classic cartoons. Hua Mulan. Hua Mulan. (laughs) Uh, We love the Mulan trailer, by the way. I don't know if we've said that. We do? I do. I think I mean yeah, it's all right. I think it's great. I think it's I think it's gonna be good. I mean, I don't know if it's gonna be good or not. I had the same exact when I watched the trailer, I had the same exact thing that Nate was saying. I I pointed out, I was like, Is there no Mushu in this? Like how are you gonna have Mulan without Eddie Murphy? You know? (laughs) How are you gonna have all these Asian people without Eddie Murphy? (laughs) And (laughs) and uh and then I noticed like there's like a chick with like a Lone Ranger painted face turning into like an eagle and shit. And I'm like, maybe that's the Mushu equivalent. Mm -hmm. But to me, it almost seems a bit too serious, which Mulan is like funny and it's like, like the cartoon. Uh, And, and there's songs. And I'm like, this doesn't seem, I, I don't know. It's like a real live action war movie made by disney to me i just i'm a little skeptical on how they're gonna pull that off i mean but of all of them i feel like this one looks the best do you know what i'm saying yeah i mean i guess yeah i'm not really a fan of most of them because the the cartoons i feel like kind of do the job and a lot of the live actions just sort of retread they do mind you i haven't seen lion king or Aladdin, the live action remakes i I saw aladdin and it is not very good at all I feel like there's no conceivable way that I I would like them. It's fine. <laughs> would you say he's better in that than he is in yeah. Independence Day? Um, no. <laughs> what about Fresh Prince, uh, Will Smith versus Genie? Mm. Ooh, no, no. It's it's really it's. I don't know why they're. I don't know why they're doing. It. I mean, I know why they're doing it, but it's fucking stupid. I mean, I don't care that they they can do it all they want. They're gonna make a bunch of money off of it. But I mean, yeah, like the Beauty and the Beast one, I just thought was not. I, I don't give a fuck about it. I watched it and I was like, this is fucking not as good as the cartoon. Yeah, I agree. Like, there's there's the wackiness of the cartoons and stuff just does not translate to real life. Like when you watch it in real right. real live action, I'm like, it just seems too fantastical, you know? Yeah. It's like this. And is, the songs, mm-hmm. I hate when they bust out and it, they're like it's, really it's singing. Too jarring. And it's like, holy yeah. smokes. This it's is like, awkward as hell. And granted, you know, I was a kid when I saw all the, the cartoons, so then now all the Yeah. I have a more critical eye. Oh, for sure. Watching. That's what I mean by like there's no way that I could have liked them. Right. I had I'd never had a chance. Exactly. And maybe kids nowadays, you see the live action, they love that shit, and they can't watch the cartoons because it seems too, I don't know, <laughs> childish. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Dated. I just feel like, because I feel like the cartoons still hold up. I'll still watch Lion King. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't seen the Lion King real live action one. I mean, to me, that one seems the most pointless because the whole thing is <laughs> computer animated, is it not? It's still a yeah. cartoon, basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. They just look like real lions, so whatever. I haven't seen... I know they made a Lady and the Tramp. 
Oh, yeah. I heard that was terrifying. I heard it. They make the dog's mouths move <laughs> with CGI, which is a weird choice. What else do they got? They got a... They keep saying they're Jungle doing Little Book. Mermaid, but they haven't. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, I thought they were. I thought I saw something about that and then it like disappeared. But maybe it's still going on. What was the first one? Was it Jungle Book or was there one before that? I don't know. It might have been Jungle Book. I don't JB's. know. They should do a live JB. action Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> Stop motion yeah, I, animation of actual fucking toys. Yeah, after Beauty and the Beast, I just sort of gave up on the whole. I don't really care about the live action. I feel like they're four kids and there's nothing mm-hmm. that's. They're just not new. I'm just not interested in going to see a movie I've already seen yeah. in a better way. And yeah, the musical Supposedly numbers are really Allegedly. upsetting. They have like new music. I'm like, get out of here with that. I'm just more. I have less and less patience for watching uh, unoriginal yeah. stuff. I love. I yeah. love seeing. I feel being like blown that's away by originality happens as you get older. Like I remember my dad always saying that of like. I've seen this movie I've a thousand times, movie. a thousand I other can't ways. Watch it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I recognize it too. Like you begin to start to see lots of patterns in movies. And it's like you want to give credit to whoever sort of did it first, but it's whatever movie you saw first that had that sort of thing that sort of I feel like sticks with you. And it's hard to like undo that and watch a classic movie that might have done it first, but it's like I've seen this done. So it's hard to like I really love this classic when it's like it doesn't seem as groundbreaking as it probably did when it was first released. It's kind of like my book. So, yeah. You know, nothing new. There are movies that hold right. up no matter what, I feel. I feel like The Godfather holds up. I know that's cliche to say, but f- as far as old movies go, that one is fucking excellent. What other old movies? 12 Angry Men, I feel like, holds the fuck up. Mm. That one's a great watch. Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Singing for in the sure. Rain. Singing in the Rain is fucking excellent. Super good. So fucking good. Manhattan. I good. uh, we're, we're now that we're in the movie area. This is touching on something that I wanted to talk about. So, um, I think it was last night I watched uh, Malcolm X for the first time. Fucking incredible movie. Epic, I've never seen it. It's on very our list well done. to watch. It's, it's three it and a half good. hours long, and it it's does an not feel like it. Like I'm like fucking captivated this whole time like this is. i agree i agree when i first saw it um i must have been like 12 or something when i first watched it mm. but i like i had the same experience like it wasn't until later i had known i had seen it and i saw that it was three and a half hours long i was like there's no way it's three and a half like i remember yeah, watching yeah. this movie and not feeling the length of that movie yeah i gotta see it it's it's, it's just, great so we were watching it be, i mean obviously in light of uh I'm here with Ian and and Nicole and the kids and stuff, and we're all talking about racism given the the protests and 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 Black Lives Matter and and it's because it's a huge, you know it's a huge topic of conversation and it's actually pretty fucking pretty fucking white of us that we've spent this whole particular podcast just talking about Woody Allen, but uh, <laughs> fucking <laughs> zero Black Lives Matter shit, but but yeah, I, I don't know, it's like. 
I don't. I'm at a loss of words actually when it comes to this fucking movie. It's so good. Um, but we were watching it and and uh, Ian and Nicole both. I'm just gonna fucking call them out. Are fucking talking through the movie and it. It's just, to some degree I understood because you know the kids are in the room and you know and they're like 14 and t- 10 and uh, and so some of the stuff that needs to be explained. So I'm like, okay. People talk through movies, and that sucks, but I get it. I feel like that was around the age that I saw, and I was captivated. Would you say that they were captivated, this generation of kids? Yes, yes, okay, absolutely. Cool. And uh, But there's a lot of, like, you know, as of them being the parents, they feel the need to try and explain things or whatever. So I'm having to put my own rage in a cage. I'm like, it's fine. I get it. <laughs> like this For educational purposes, I'm trying to get lost in this movie, but it's it's hard, but... Whatever, you know, it's, we're doing this for the kids mainly anyways. I just happen to have not seen this movie before. And then, you know, it is three and a half hours, so they didn't, the, none of the kids ended up finishing it. It ended up just being me, Nicole, and Ian who finished it. And they're still, they're still chatting about, some of it's about <laughs> the movie, but some of it's just about, like, the resolution of the picture because we're streaming it and shit like that. And I'm just like, getting very angry inside about it. I mean, there's like, there's one scene in the movie where Malcolm X and his wife are, they have this very heated argument and it's an incredible scene. And it's a very like, it's, it's super powerful and, and like, holy fuck. And right as the scene ended, uh, Ian goes, uh, Wow, that was really that was really powerful acting. You know, that's crazy. You know, I wonder if he, he starts like talking about like just you know, you know, well, you know, it's crazy he didn't win the Academy <laughs> Award and shit. And I'm like in my head, I'm like, thanks for reminding me that that was Denzel Washington. I was just watching like I for there was a moment where I was like watching. It was like I was escaping into the world of Malcolm X, right? And then you just it was like the worst possible thing you could have said in that moment of like, hey, look at that amazing acting. You know it's not real, right? And I was just like, God, fucking damn it, dude. Yeah, I'm trying I, to get I, lost I, in this I movie. Sort of, I sort of sympathize with Ian. I mean, there are some moments I feel like in movies where after a, a, an incredible scene has just been done and then the scene ends, it almost feels like, it reminds you that that was a scene and you're like, whoa, like I've, I've had moments where I, while watching an incredible scene, I know like the definition maybe of an incredible scene is that you get lost in it. And you don't, you don't even realize you're watching a movie, but like sometimes I, the scene is almost so good where I'm like thinking in my own head, like this is really great. <laughs> like, like as right, a scene, right. and that's as, as opposed to fine or whatever, but let's talk about it. And after I know the movie. that you do, but I don't, I, I guess sometimes I do. You think about movies differently than me, I can tell. Because, like, we'll be watching something, and you're always, like, you always are, like, trying to predict what's going to happen, and I am very much just along for the ride. I'm trying to predict what's going to happen. I mean, sometimes If I see I something that. that triggers that part of my brain that's, like, oh, that's, like, a foreshadow or that's, that's a setup like or whatever. This or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, that. we're going to see that again, you know, like... Because, again, I recognize patterns so, right. of, of movies. Yeah, I mean, I guess I do sometimes, too. But it's just you're always like, do you think this is going to happen? I'm like, I don't Or I some don't movies know. where I know there's going to be some <laughs> resolution at the end yeah. ahead of time. I'll sometimes in my head just be like, how is this going to resolve? Hmm. 
like I'll ask myself that and sometimes for really great movies I won't know or I just I'll, I'll be satisfied no matter what happens or like I almost like anticipating being satisfied like say we're going to go see a movie that had really good reviews and I'm enjoying the movie thus far and I'm like how is this movie going to stick the landing mm -hmm. so I'll start thinking of that but as far as Malcolm X goes I mean that's a great movie so many fucking dope scenes. The whole Russian roulette scene is incredible. Yeah. The, um, Don't spoilers. Oh yeah, sorry. Morgan hasn't seen it. Great movie. You guys should fucking. You guys should watch it, man. And maybe we, it. it's maybe already eleven thirty. Let's let's pop it on tonight. <laughs> I mean, not tonight, but <laughs> fucking before the next pod, and maybe we can you know talk about yeah. that movie in particular more. But and 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 uh, but I do feel. I mean, Jordan I know we're really deep into this pod. What? I'll give you a little groundwork of the history while we're yeah. watching it. And then he'll be like... <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> I would never do that. I don't do that. you have a tip badge or mirror badge or whatever? Oh, yeah. I'll do that. I'll do that when it's going to... That is my actual... I mean, watch Woody Allen movies, sure, but, I mean, given the timing and everything, and uh, this movie is fucking incredible. It's definitely my movie rental of the week is Malcolm X, um, if you haven't fucking seen it. And... That's a testament. I wanted... We is. could I mean, do a whole infuriated. pod about... What? I was just saying that like, it's really a testament to how good it is because you're being infuriated the entire time. Exactly. It's still, like, it's still cut through. I mean, and it really, yeah, it, it not only did it cut through, but, I mean, it's also, that's something I do get angry about when people talk through movies, but, like, the level at which I was getting internally uh, <laughs> frustrated is also a testament well, it's to like, how It's almost like the, the more you is. realized how much you were loving the movie, the more upsetting it was that, it was being talked through. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So would you put Spike Lee up in, into greatest directors of all time? One of the greatest after watching. One of the greats, man. After that <laughs> National shit. National treasure. National treasure. I really I want to watch all of his shit. I think I've only seen Black Klansman before this. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> really? You haven't seen Do I the Right so. Thing. I haven't seen Do the Right Thing, no. I think you'd like to do the right thing. I mean, you've probably seen, have you seen Inside Man? No. I really liked Inside Man. I mean, that one does, that one only has the little subtle Spike Lee things in it where he throws in a little racial stuff here and there, but mostly it's just a bank robbery heist movie that's well mm -hmm. done. That's um, good. You liked Inside Man? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked it. I didn't know that I had seen it already until the, the very end. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> we, oh uh, well, yeah. I showed Morgan, and it wasn't until the very end of the movie that Morgan was like, "I've seen this." Because <laughs> 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 like, I don't know how that happens. But. <laughs> he got game is another Denzel Spike Lee joint. Um, you know, okay, so Denzel Washington is one of the greatest actors of all time, right? For sure, of course, right? Maybe Have the you greatest. Seen Maybe the greatest. Like, black right. people have Denzel, <laughs> white people have Daniel Day. And, but, but, have you seen, you don't have Instagrams. So this pops up on my Instagram a lot. Morgan, maybe you've seen this, but it's this, it's just a clip of the Equalizer 2. <laughs> and, it's know. just an ad for like stars, like get a stars subscription or whatever, and it's yeah. But it's just, they show a, a clip of Equalizer two, and it's basically 
Denzel Washington in this scene walking into a hotel room and there's a bunch of white dudes in there and like and it's like a penthouse suite or whatever and fucking this guy that he's in the scene with basically there was a prostitute whatever and Denzel Washington's there to fucking fuck shit up because he's pissed about what happened to her and she's in the hospital and whatever so he's he comes in and he's real calm and he's just like you know like the white guy says something like he oh he has a like a credit card and he's like he gives it to him it's the mo- it's the most fucking overacting shit I've ever seen and he's like here's this credit card like here's the credit card like give yourself a nice tip and then Denzel Washington's like you gonna ask if she got home all right and he's like he has the most like mocking look on his face like did she get home all right like it's it's so I don't understand. <laughs> how Denzel Washington was, like, okay with being in this scene, given his, like, filmography. You know what I mean? Like, it's... His caliber. The worst. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. It's worth watching. You should just watch that scene. Okay. I'll watch, I've it's seen like, The Equalizer. The yeah. number one. It's The Equalizer 2. I know, Equalizer I know. Two. But I'm saying I've seen the first one, and I actually think Denzel... Denzel is entertaining as fuck. He brings oh, the rocket. Sure. No, I know Denzel. And Denzel in the scene is fine. Yeah, you know it's fine. It's the he's fact been in that a lot of he's been in a lot of movies, very subpar movies, that he always is great to watch in, in them. Right. I just I mean like John I don't know. Q it's, it's, is not really a great movie, but fuck fuck if I can't watch Denzel act in that movie. My dad know? loved John Q. I don't. I haven't seen that. His kids dying. His kid's dying, of, and he needs a heart transplant, so he fucking holds a <gasps> hospital hostage to get him a heart transplant. <laughs> Lots of tears. Lots of angry, yelling, Damn. snotty tears. It's a pretty, out, it's pretty I, I wild guess, movie. I guess what but. I'm saying is, is and maybe maybe Denzel just doesn't give a fuck, and she just finds it fun to act in the equalizer or something. But And he's like, oh, I'll fucking do a second one. But given the fact that, I mean, he has, he has directorial experience, he's been in the game so fucking long, and he has so much respect... You'd think he would like have a word with the director, <laughs> be like this guy. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, if, when you're just an actor on a project, you don't have that sort of say. And but that's what I'm saying is, I think you'd think Denzel would. No, he's been in other movies that are like that. Book of Eli. I mean, he's just been in like sort of movies. No, that's true. Really that's true. He's been in subpar that's movies that a lot. Is also I feel true. like he's just an actor. Wow, wow. He gets a script. And if the paycheck's right, he's going to do it. Sometimes he probably does it for the critical clout, you know? I don't know. I, I, I don't knock a mm-hmm. guy if he takes a movie and then the movie doesn't turn out great. No, I, and it's not even a knock. It's not even that much of a knock on Denzel or anything. Like, I think less of him for it. It's just... Bewilderment. Worth watching that scene. It is bewilderment. It's like, what the fuck is going on? I'll watch the scene. Watch the scene. Um... There's other Spike yeah, Lee movies I, that aren't very good. Like I did, was not a fan of Chirac. I thought that was beat you over the head, uh, slog, and just kind of a weird movie. Um, I haven't watched the Old Boy remake, which he directed, because the original Old Boy I think is good enough. So I don't good. think it needed to be remade into an American one, but mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, I'm going through his his movies. He's got a lot of little things where like music video stuff and uh, you, sports girl. things. I'll I mean, given the fact, I mean, the fact that you guys are going to watch 
I mean, if you guys decide you guys are gonna watch Malcolm X before next pod, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe we make that our our racism Black Lives Matter pod. Sure, because I feel like we can get into the deep meat of it. I mean, I mean, well, do, we, yeah, we can start talking about it right now. We didn't get into the deets of it because, like I said earlier on, I'm not really in following up with the news. I don't feel like like it's not that I am against anything or for anything. I'm, it's just one of those things where I feel like, I don't know, saying I'm over something, it's not true. I, it's it's like, I almost feel like I'm too old at this point to give a fuck about, not about like black people's lives, but about what everyone else is caring about too. Yeah, That's what I'm sort of, I get cynical about. Like when everyone's like, you have to pay attention to this. I'm like, well, kind of. I want to do my own thing. I, I just have right. this I gut mean, reaction I mean, to not want to jump on the bandwagon of look at every that this just get like the whole jet Epstein kill himself. Sorry, I'm fucking stuttering, but like Epstein <laughs> no, killed I get, himself. I get it. I get it. But, I don't care. Like, but I think <laughs> right. But I but what I'm saying is is like yes, like it's the hot trend topic right now, but it is also a time where. I mean the riot. I mean Our the riots are happening and stuff. It. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the whole like you know if you've if you choose to be silent, you know then you're taking the side of the oppressor, sort of a thing or whatever. And we have and you know we uh, know and love black people, so <laughs> why not talk, you know fucking talk about it? So <laughs> shout out to it's black like, in Alaska. Shout yeah, I leave. Yeah, this is. I leave this to black in Alaska. <laughs> it's like it's a uh, shouts out. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think we should. I don't think we should leave it to black. I think. I think there's plenty for us to to say on it. There is talk about. But that's the thing. I haven't followed it. But again, we're getting real deep into this particular pod. Okay, we'll save it for next. Maybe I'll do some research or something. I don't know, but do some research. And it doesn't even need. I mean, it's just the conversation in general. It doesn't even need to be sure what's happening right now it's just something that is it is a topic that nobody talks about every day but is definitely a you know a, a topic of that's on the on the on the brain probably every day for anybody who is affected by it so sure and let me be clear that i'm not not wanting to talk about it for some sort of like i want to avoid controversy thing i don't give a fuck about that i, <laughs> right, I just right. it's it's legitimately i feel like when other people are saying this is the topic, then if you're if you start talking about something else, then you're fucking complicit in this. I just don't buy into that. I'm like, go, like you don't control what I, what what's happening in my brain. Where you focus your attention. You know? I just it's, I have a gut reaction to fight back against that, and of course I have thoughts and stuff. We can talk. We'll talk about it next week, but it's. Yeah. You got thoughts. And it, that hole over there. It's this whole idea of that of this whole taking sides thing where I'm just <laughs> I I'm so fatigued on political polarization that it's 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 nauseating to me that we Right, but but even even that in and of itself is I mean it's interesting and that shit we can get into uh how fucking over the whatever, you know, like that's it's all it's all worth fucking getting into. Yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I mean, you do have a stance on it. But it doesn't matter. 
You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's like having a stance on and, and here's another thing. The whole having a stance thing. I don't believe that that is solid either. I don't believe in I'm going to say something that's on record. Everyone please refer back to the record. This is what therefore he believes. Therefore I know everything else about him. Like what he on? I just don't feel like he'd do that. What? <laughs> Nothing. What do you mean? It's like. <laughs> I'm just like, what do you mean? You're like, I don't want people to be like, you know, that's the one thing he said. Therefore, I know everything about him. And I was just doing a callback to um, you having gut feelings about what Woody Allen would do in situations. I don't have gut feelings about what Woody Allen would do in situations. Okay. I have a gut feeling about what happened in I know. his particular I, We're situation. seriously done with it, so it's like, I was just joking. <laughs> I'm just setting <laughs> the record here straight. But, yeah, I, I just, I feel like people can change. So if you disagree with somebody, don't cancel them and uh, see other people as human beings. And Keep wise. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's to me, it's just so crazy that I feel like a lot of people are like, "What do you think about this?" And then whatever your answer is, now you have uh, either this group on your side or the other group, and I I don't want to be a part of your group. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I want to be a part of a convers. I'd be happy to be part of a conversation, but I don't want to be a part of a a dogma. You know. Uh, we'll get we'll get into it next week is is the point, but yeah. All right, so are we ready right, for? What else uh, we got Megan's we have Megan's topic number second two. Topic. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> We're going right into it. Hey, Reed fellas, I'm uncertain of the age of your audience listeners, so hopefully this isn't a spoiler for some. But I was wondering if you still remember the moment or day when your mom and dad or whoever or however you found out that Santa, Easter Bunny, and or Tooth Fairy does not exist, and if you could tell your story about it. Personally, my mother and I were driving down the road wherever, grocery shopping or something, when I was very little, and for whatever reason, she just thought it would be a great moment <laughs> to look at me and drop the bomb that all three are, you know, fake, don't exist. And I bawled my eyes out, so it's pretty good memory for me. Spoilers! <laughs> Spoilers to all of our seven-year-olds. Sorry, <laughs> God damn it, Megan. Why'd you have to do that? Ah, sh- oh my you gosh, know, I thought she, I so thought she knew most of our listeners were seven. Oh my gosh! Uh, I this is a question just for me. <laughs> and huge Woody Allen fans. I mean, I guess you guys can tell your stories. Uh, yeah, I can tell my story. It's pretty <laughs> short. Uh, I did, I did not grow up uh, <laughs> in a family that celebrated Christmas, and. Uh, I didn't even know what Santa was uh, at all until I went to kindergarten and all of a sudden everyone was talking about Santa and how Christmas is coming up. And I was like, word, this is a thing. <laughs> and it's like, you don't really have memories or whatever. It's like, maybe this is a thing that always happened. And I remember going home and being like, so what are we getting for Christmas? And then mom explains like, we don't celebrate Christmas. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, we don't celebrate it. And then also saying that I don't even, I never, it was never even a thought in my head that Santa Claus was real. That I was like, oh, Santa's real or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just remember somehow like her being like, yeah, there's, they believe that 
uh, they celebrate Christmas because they're Christian and we don't because we're Baha'i. And uh, yeah, there's no such thing as the Santa Claus or whatever. I don't remember how she broke that news. It's, it's such a non-entity to me. Sure. But I just rem- I remember vividly after that of people talking <laughs> about what Santa was going to get them at school and me, being, and me just being the fucking killjoy. I mean, like, that's not real, dude. <laughs> it just be, it just, it's almost like sets the groundwork for my skepticism and just not believing the, the group ideology of something like that existing. And me being so convinced of being right. Yeah. And, and, and it just, it doesn't help the ego when you are right and everyone else is wrong. Yeah. Right, you against right. the world sort sure. of thing. That everybody's like telling me all their stories about how they caught Santa on camera even. And this one kid being so adamant, like, I locked my parents in their room, <laughs> presents still under the tree. How do you explain that? And I'm like, dude, <laughs> okay. Like, I don't, it just being like this little fucking curmudgeon kindergartner, I guess, that I was, just being like, y'all are crazy. <laughs> what about you, Jamal? I got some inside scoop that you guys just are did still. You ruin, did you ruin I, life? I don't, th- no, I did not. I knew that he wasn't real, but I don't, I never, I didn't fucking, I had friends, you know, so I didn't fucking ruffle feathers. And shit. As popular as fucking, getting, I have no idea. That was the biggest diss I fucking Dude, loved no, that. you weren't. Everyone was like, fuck friends. that guy. No, because everyone was like. I was like, just thinking too, like, I, I wouldn't had, have been so, I would have been too concerned that like, I don't know, maybe they really do know something that I don't know. Let me tell you. Fucking having that mm-hmm. inside knowledge gives you a certain uh, air of confidence. I had that confidence. I had a uh, a faction. Oh, I did too. I had it internally though. I had this very much like I know, but I fucking didn't. I have it outernally. Y'all are dumb. I definitely had those thoughts. Like you guys are dumb. No, but here's I had I, I had a I, I had a posse of people telling people though. I had a posse of followers, if you will, to my Messiah, <laughs> of like. I think this guy's making a lot of sense. He's fucking preaching some gospel. <laughs> I, I don't believe Santa Claus is real either. And I actually remember a particular girl in in kindergarten who was always on my side. And I was like, this, like, I've got her like in the palm of my hand, like, believing what I believe and stuff. And I remember, like, it was like the week before Christmas vacation that she's like, hey, so uh, just on the, it was almost like Pascal's wager. She, <laughs> <laughs> without even knowing what it was she was like just in case i just i really don't want to not have presents this year uh-huh. so i'm just gonna i have to believe that santa is real mm-hmm. until christmas my dad guilted me super hard for even thinking to not believe in santa way past the age in which i should there are uh, yeah i hear stories of parents that are like that and i just i don't feel like that's probably I feel like it all in the wash is fucking fine. Who cares sure. <laughs> in the end? But yeah. I feel like this whole idea that you have to put on that facade for your kids or else they're missing out on a big part of their childhood. I don't buy into that either. I never had it. I don't think it's yeah. kids will find other things to fill into their lives that will be meaningful to them. You don't have to have Santa just because <laughs> it was meaningful for you as a kid. Yeah. I don't know that anyone ever told me. I just... I mean, I was in vehement denial. Vehement? Vehement. I've yeah. never actually said that word out loud. No, I, I, now I'm realizing I don't know. I know how it looks because I've read it. Yeah. Vehement is how I, I know I'll you read. Say. Okay. You don't have to. 
No, I'm saying I agree. I, I'm in the <laughs> okay. same boat as you. All right. <laughs> I've only seen I know it. it because I've read it as well. Okay. But there were many signs that I chose to just, I mean, I so much denial. Like, first it was I saw something in my mom's closet and you know, the next day was Christmas or whatever, the next week, and one of them that I had seen in her closet was labeled from Santa or whatever, right? Mm. Then I'm getting so old <laughs> to wear. <laughs> I'm getting so old to wear. I know my parents' handwriting, right? <laughs> and I'm like, why is why are all of Santa's things in your handwriting? So my parents started having the neighbors, right? Santa. How old are you at this point? I had to have been like s- seven or eight. Okay, it's not too bad. I was probably before. Here's the thing, though, is like I felt very similar. This is going to be like whatever, drawing a very similar conclusion, but I felt really similar about disbelieving in Santa as I did when I like finally admitted that I didn't believe in God Mm -hmm. like it felt very much the same like I'm supposed to believe this but I'm just finding evidence in my life that it's not true right and I'm kind of like trying to justify how it still is true yeah Mm mm-hmm so it's probably like 11, you know, like, I mean, it's probably like before yeah. I was like, okay. I mean, I don't, I don't remember kids telling me or anything. I was just like, clearly this is not true. Right. And my dad was like, well, I'm going to choose to believe because I still want presents. And I was like, fuck man, this sounds a lot like church. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing it's almost like it it can go like one of two ways there's probably a healthy way to do it almost like here's something that my parents are telling me and just biologically you are going to believe your parents Mm -hmm. it's how you survived as a child to not do things that were dangerous to you because you listened to your parents therefore you survived therefore i mean just back to evolution the kids who didn't do that died and so they didn't procreate. Mm-hmm. So we're programmed to listen to our parents and want to, oh, like maybe like you rebel or whatever. But like when you're a child, child, your parents are God. Mm-hmm. Like they tell you about God if you're in, mm-hmm. in a religious household. And that's why it fucked me up so hard when I was in church. I'll never forget that day I was in church and they were like, you have to love God and Jesus more than anyone or anything, including your parents. And I was just like deal breaker. Yeah. Oh my God. Like my, my bur- little five-year-old brain just shattered. Like, I was just like, I don't understand. Love this dude mm-hmm. that you've never met yeah. or, or seen more than your parents. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like hard to even fucking conceptualize. I, I was like, I can't it do is. it. I'm going to hell for sure. Right. Which I feel like, so that's yeah. where like a parent can lose you if they're really trying to keep you in God's corner. But like with Santa, it's almost like, it's a way of your parents telling you something. This is real. This is real. And if strategically, if you could find out in such a way that is not real to where you can break that link in your mind yeah. between everything my parents say is the That's truth. A good point. And so it, 
I mean, there's definitely better ways to do that. Your parents could just tell you that they're flawed and talk to you like a person and be like, hey, we're not perfect. We make mistakes too. Instead of like keeping, because I feel like you're just programmed to not even think that, to even have that considered until much, when you're much older in life. But yeah, it's uh, the whole Santa thing. I never even, but then that almost, it almost worked in the reverse for for me because that's like my parents are giving me the scoop they're telling me that like even they told me the (laughs) truth even when everyone else didn't know Mm -hmm. like they had the answers so they're solidifying yeah it's almost like it works in the reverse for me being so gung-ho about uh being a baha'i and so it took uh, almost it took a while for me to finally be like Mm -hmm. you know I don't really see any evidence for this whole God thing either. <laughs> so, mm. yeah. What? How old were you, Jordan, when and Morgan? How old were you guys when you decided that you didn't believe in God? Um. Well, it's obviously it was a phased thing. You know, it wasn't like yeah, I don't it wasn't even... right. Right. It wasn't like I was like woke up from a dream and I was like, holy fuck, there ain't no God in a particular date and I have that date memorialized. Mm-hmm. It's more like over time it just got chipped away at. Um, yeah. But I was probably like, I was in college when I was finally like early in college, like maybe like 19 when I was like, finally. Would tell right other people or whatever. Not even tell other people, but just to my like to actually finally to myself like yeah. this makes more sense that there is no God. I was so I mean yeah. I was so terrified to terrified <laughs> to think that. Um, yeah. So I just didn't. I had no holy thoughts whatsoever. Like I just tried to just <laughs> ignore it for so long. But yeah, I like I remember the first time. That I was like, I remember telling Anna, I can't remember what we were doing, day drinking somewhere. She said <laughs> something about God. <laughs> and I was just like, or something about praying or something. And I was just like, no, like, I fully don't have any belief, like, at all. Yeah. I think I was like 17. And would be willing to admit that. Yeah, I was 17 when I feel like I stopped believing in a religious God, like one who listened to prayers and did that shit. (laughs) I was like, oh, this doesn't Mm. make sense. Mm -hmm. Like, because it just became obvious to me, like, why this God? Mm -hmm. Why? There's just too many rules that were too contradictory with other people's rules. Yeah. So it's like whenever it came to like a religious book, that was like, this is the right God. And then another person like, no, this is the right God. I'm like, okay, so that's all horseshit. Mm-hmm. But I still was mm-hmm. clinging on to the fact that there is like, that God isn't real, but there's still a God as in a creator of the universe that everyone thinks they have the right one. But there's, only there's one. a commonality and that is he fucking created the big bang, but then he took a step back and the rest ran its course. Is sort of like right, where like I a, was like for a, a deist, couple years. A deist perspective. And then I just, after uh, a while, I was like, well, I don't have any evidence for that either. Like, <laughs> I could say that God created yeah. the Big Bang, but it's like... It's still just derivative of the fact that there are religions. Yeah, but it was it was more like... 
coming to the realization that just because you don't know something doesn't mean there has to be just doesn't mean I have to fill that hole already an answer right yeah being like gaps argument yeah saying we don't know is fine is perfectly fine because we don't and to be like there's a god and and then to pretend like it's a 50 50 like oh you either believe there is a god that did that or there isn't and it's a flip of the coin as far as like so you might as well believe in god because it's a 50 50 shot and you're you're like Pascal's wager, you're, it's much more benefit to believe in something like that than nothing at all. And I'm like, yeah, except it's not a 50-50 because you invented it out of thin fucking air that there is something that did that. So it's like you're just... Right. It's almost like now I can come up... Okay, there's a goblin that ate an apple and then boom, the universe. Okay, so now we have three theories. There's the we don't know, God did it, and there's a goblin eating an apple. So now it's a one in three chance that... God is actually real. Okay, now let's come up with another story. There's an infinite number of stories you can come up with that you just made up out of thin air in your head with no evidence. You can make up an infinite number of stories with zero evidence. So therefore, it's a one over infinity chance that God is the reason. And that's a very, very infinitely small number. So why believe that as opposed to just going with, I don't know. Right. Yeah, um, I think I was. Um, <laughs> I think I was. I was like eleven when I first started to like question the Baha'i faith and stuff, and like think like maybe there is no God. But I didn't know what that meant. But it was just that first inkling of like taking it off of autopilot and being like, "What do I think about it?" and stuff. The generation um, that grew up without knowing. Uh, a world without the internet that's you and i feel like it's almost it accelerates that i feel yeah. of yeah. being oh, for so sure. open to just information and other people getting information and then disseminating that yeah but it wasn't until i mean because but it, well, by the time i was 14 i found a label for it which was that i was in not only an atheist but i was an anti-theist i was like theology and that's how i felt inside but i, I didn't feel like really, that's like... a progression that everybody don't you feel like that's just like everyone follows that trajectory to me i feel like so angry oh well, to me i feel like that's a progression of course. i mean especially if it's in that point in your life yeah well no it, it, i feel like so that's only the case sense of that's, injustice it's only the case if you are if you grew up being told the opposite yeah I feel like if you just if you grew up sure. in an agnostic home or whatever, you probably don't give a fuck. You probably don't Here's ever the have thing that. Is my parents were right, barely, right. Re- I mean, barely religious. Yeah, but I mean, they <laughs> they had their. But you still had the church and they had cramming their, their shit down your throat. Yeah, and you had the experience, and you, and you had the very real anxiety about about going to hell. believing or not yeah, believing. So like that was true. still your experience. Right. Yeah, that's true. I was um, convinced it was going to hell for like most of my life. Yeah, so like from that from that <laughs> perspective, when you when you grow up being told there is a God, and then you finally realize that oh, they don't know. Yeah, I feel like right. that realization at first for me it was like what it's like fuck? now I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you become so adamant in the opposite direction. Like so much of my time was spent and put into this mm-hmm. religion. Right. And I want 
to let other people know <laughs> at that point that like get out sooner <laughs> yeah like you are wasting your time mm-hmm. and it's and now i realize it's not it's not you're not wasting your time you can get whatever you want out of religion it's i it's so obvious mm-hmm. to me that it's not real mm-hmm. but there's very real aspects to religion as far as like the community goes and the things you can get out of it if it works for you then by all means i'm <laughs> i'm indifferent to it now it's not for me but uh yeah, but at first you're it's just sort of like this it's a, it just feels like a betrayal. So yeah. you want to fight back or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I was I think I was 17, yeah, when I finally I had like a, a what, what you might call a crisis of faith. I felt like I was um was atheist for all the wrong reasons, just all those angry rebellious reasons and I had to be like, "Well, what do I actually fucking believe?" And and I went to a a Baha'i youth conference that mom and dad paid for this is coming up. And I was like, maybe this is just what I need to like push me over the edge. And then I go and, and I came back and was like, yeah, nah, I'm not, I'm not that. I just knew inside that I wasn't. And then I was so, uh, guilty about it though. I felt so guilty about it because, um, they just paid for this plane ticket and also I didn't believe in God and I didn't know what their response was going to be, but I felt like I had to tell mom. And then I, so then I go in a room and I, and I, uh, shut the door and it takes me a long time to get it out, but I finally do. And I start like bawling my eyes out. And, and then dad came in in the middle of that, got home from work and I just had, had to get him up to speed <laughs> through the, through the tears. <laughs> and then, uh, and we had a really long talk, but they didn't really know what to say for that. I mean, they were very sweet about it and stuff, and it was definitely a weight off of my chest more ways than just telling them, but the fact that I wasn't disowned or anything like that. So that was cool. But their ultimate advice uh, was uh, that I should try and talk to God about <laughs> it. So I was like, okay, maybe. We're not totally on the same page here, but at least I can still live under your roof and stuff, so that's tight. And you're not like mad at me or anything, so like that's cool. So, um, but this was right when uh, you broke your face. Oh, Jordan. I remember this. Uh huh. Because uh, I remember going with Ian to visit you in the hospital, and him and I were hanging out. This whole full circle, being in the car with Ian, having <laughs> deep talks. Uh, and him, I think mom must have mentioned something to him about it because he just, he was a little too like, Hey, something seems to be weighing on you. Like, <laughs> like, I don't, I was like, yeah. And I like, but looking back, I was like, I don't know if I was that obvious on my face, you know, but, but, uh, anyways, him and him, him and I had a conversation about it and talking through it and still had felt very, um, alone in it uh because he's you know very religious and so i just felt like i didn't have anybody in my corner and uh and then it must have been shortly after uh yeah i mean you must because you weren't bedridden anymore you know you uh, after your injury Mm-hmm. Because you were like, you came over to the house and stuff, and you and I had a conversation, and I told you about it, and uh, and you were like, oh yeah, me too, 
And I remember just being just so relieved of like, no fucking way. Like for real, don't like you don't fuck with me, man. <laughs> like for real. And that was that was, I mean, I think probably the beginning of our close really for sure becoming yeah for sure and i I Um, want that timeline to be clear because i feel like a lot of times i don't want to get blamed for you being an atheist like it was me (laughs) sort of fucking being that influence on you to disbelieve indoctrinating me we both came to it independently completely independently yeah for sure absolutely i mean yeah because i mean i wouldn't have felt that alone in it had i known beforehand that you were I would have come to you sooner, but I almost just like on a whim told you about it. Was like, yeah, I didn't just tell I anybody about to... it in the family. Yeah, yeah, and and I think people only sort of found out about you or whatever just because Ian was obno- kind of obnoxious about it and whatever. So uh, yeah, I never talk. I've never talked to mom and dad way. about it. Mom has made sly comments to me, but <laughs> other than that. I've never actually uh-huh. sat them down and be like, this is what I believe. And I just, I don't know. It's not right, really, right. I feel like it's, it is known. Hopefully. Yeah. But. And mom and I have a, you know, a, a, I mean, especially after that fact of, there was definitely more like, now I felt like I could be more. And I was when I was younger. Cause one of the things we talked about was mom was like, yeah, I sort of saw this coming. Um, because I would be, we would have like, dad would have like like a youth group thing but it would just be me dad and uh miguel at the table and he would be like reading from a baha'i book and stuff and we'd be going through stuff and i remember asking like why can't we learn about like other religions and they're being they're like totally open to that (laughs) and when then i was like what about what can't we learn about like atheism (laughs) and like oh yeah we could do that and we never did but um (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's what I'm saying is, is mom and I after that point had this sort of like I had to very much, I'm like challenged her on on these sorts of our relationship is really really good now, but when I was living at the house could be very explosive as far as like getting into arguments about things and stuff. Um, whereas I don't see that as being the relationship you had with mom necessarily from what I saw. I mean, I remember you telling me that you guys had a pretty heated discussion about rap music before, but what? not necessarily I'm about... I'm not privy to this. Uh, like, I don't even know what you're talking about. You you told me that one time that you were having a heated conversation with mom about Eminem or something. About but rap music in general, about why it's good, <laughs> and mom like not being able to understand or something. I don't remember this. <laughs> I remember okay, one time whatever, we were whatever. we were tarring the the driveway and um uh, the next episode. I think it's the next episode. It might be still Dre was on the radio and Doctor Dre says, uh, "Get my drink on and my smoke on and go home and look for something to poke on." And then mom turns the radio off <laughs> and we're blasting it in the driveway. 
And then we're like, what's going on? Why did you turn it off? Whoa, whoa, whoa. And she's like, this is like denigrating the women and we can't listen to this. This is no, no good. And we're like, how is it denigrating? What, what did he say? And mom looks at us and goes, get my drink on, get my smoke on, go home and look for something to poke on. And then we just sit there silent and we're like, all right, yeah, we, okay, what are, what are you going to oh do? And we just, just continue Tari. Like, <laughs> I didn't even fucking realize like until mom said it back to me that that's what he said. I'm just fucking, you know, in the groove of the music. <laughs> Right, right. And I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come back at her like that's a perfectly fine <laughs> lyric, mom. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, oh my god. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't remember what you know. In the, in the, this is totally. This is a side note on on that. Uh, Ian was telling me recently about when you guys were tarring the uh, the driveway back in the day. And how he came over to the house when you guys had, had like finished basically, and he walked into the house and just went, "Hey, looks like you got your driveway retard." <laughs> and it was like his fuck. Yeah, that was a classic. <laughs> he just joke. Fuck, it's like his the joke, the joke, man. Yeah, that was it's a good joke. joke. <laughs> we got our driveway retard. And like mom feeling really bad for how hard she laughed at that joke. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I remember our, uh, speaking of uh, uh, road trips with Ian, when we drove through the Alcan, when Ian first moved to Oregon, not first moved to Oregon, but when he first moved to Oregon most recently. um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) uh, Doesn't matter. And that was like the, the most, I think I had talked to Ian about, religion but i almost kind of regret it only because the whole conversation was almost me trying to convince ian why god wasn't real like going through Mm -hmm. all the arguments of like why Uh atheism is more accurate than and just just shooting holes in religion in general you know Mm -hmm. and i uh, you know it's to me looking back on it it's like it's not any atheist i feel like trying to convince or religious person who is you know has their convictions and their beliefs uh it's not how it works it's not how it worked with me yeah it almost is like you might be able to plant a seed is all you can hope for but you're never gonna get someone in the moment to be like oh fuck dude like you're making a lot of sense (laughs) like right right that shit is just so deeply rooted and especially this thing given its ties but it's something that's rooted in faith. So you're taught that you're, you know, your your faith will be tested and that's part of it and so there's a lot of a lot of things like that that make it. Of course, that's why it took so long for me to, to come to undo out of it. in the moment. Yeah. 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 Happy June everybody. Oh, is it June? It's officially June up in this bitch. And, of wow. course, everyone listening to it, it would have been June the entire duration of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Happy June. <laughs> One of the flyest of months. I like how Megan, uh, her first question was no a doubt. Disney question. It, it <laughs> then became a discussion of uh, Black Lives Matter and black movies and deep politics. And then uh, next was Santa Claus. And then we delved into a deep religious conversation. That's just, what we do. We she, go in that she, deep wise, that exactly, deep meat. Exactly, exactly. But it's also funny how I feel like she also mentioned 
with the Santa Claus question was Easter Bunny and, and, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and the Tooth Fairy. But I'm like, did I different it times? Never occurred to me in my in my wildest probably until like I started going out with you, Morgan, that mm. anybody would believe in the <laughs> Easter Bunny. I just, I thought that was just a given cartoon. <laughs> I didn't realize that there was like a belief yeah. that that was a real thing. No, for real. Until I started going out with you. <laughs> Not that oh you believed God. in it when I started going out with you. <laughs> but I never had been over at anybody's house or had done any sort of Easter thing, yeah. like a celebration, until mm-hmm. like your dad, like we went over to your fucking dad's house for Easter. Oh. And you got, and there was like gifts and candy and shit. And I was like, yeah. I didn't, I okay. never. Easter used to be my jam, man. The only thing I knew about Easter was like some people went to church on Easter Sunday. Yeah. No, my brother. Wait, you didn't know that there was like a. Wait, hold the fuck up! You didn't know that there was like the eggs with the. Oh no! I mean, I knew all that. I knew all that. I knew all that. But I, I never thought of it. Didn't know it was like a holiday. Like yeah, I thought it was like a St. Patrick's Day level (laughs) of holiday. I didn't realize it was like something that people actually gave a shit about. Yeah, dude, we used to fucking get down with the get down on Easter. We would go have like a candy scavenger hunt. My brother and I, and he would fucking. My mom would put all these jelly beans on like, it's so funny because she had like this, uh, it was plastic ribbon kind of, but it was like hay level shredded, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like you put paper through a Yeah, it's shredder. what you fill Easter bunny eggs with. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And she would just put jelly beans on top of it all over the place. And so like I always had like handfuls of like this plastic hay. In, in all of my candy, I had to pick it all out. It was very annoying. Yeah, it's the most <laughs> annoying. Like, Halloween was way better <laughs> um, when it came to candy. But my brother used to just, like, jack all of the candy before I could get to it because he was older than me. But, yeah, no, we like, we like Easter, and we make bunnies, and my mom makes eggs. We paint eggs. Yeah. But, I mean, like, did you ever believe in the Easter Bunny? Yes. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Jordan, we believed in the Ayamiha camel. So I never believed in the Ayamiha. You can't give camel. her too much shit. I never I believed. Fucking, yeah, for, yeah. I mean, what not is as the Ayamiha? Long... I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I, I'm being you dead fucking... serious. I never believed Dude, in the Ayamiha camel. Off. I'm no, not. I know I'm being you never believed in it. Serious. I never. I never believed in it either. But it's something that Ian used to say as a joke. Oh. Okay, but I i mean, he never convinced me that there was an Ayami on game. This is something that probably happened to you, but it's... I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm saying no one, no one ever believed it. <laughs> no one. I'm fucking around. He's making fun of me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, for a second there, I was like, <laughs> wait, what? And <laughs> but, the Tooth Fairy, <laughs> I believed in the least amount, probably. Like, the least amount of duration. It's odd. You would think, like, once you discovered one of them wasn't real, you would then apply that to other holidays but you actually wouldn't all i the mean other characters you're, you're <laughs> assuming that all all three of them are equivalent as far as like these are imaginary characters yeah but they're not imaginary <laughs> at that point so therefore why would it's like right. why why if you found out that your dad didn't exist yeah you wouldn't just oh so that means my mom doesn't exist too right it's like they're they're two they're their own entities they were so they have to be knocked down individually <laughs> There were, yeah, differing levels. And actually, I guess the belief was eroded in level of severity. So, like, Tooth Fairy, even though I would get, like, 20 bucks 
under my pillow Ooh. for teeth. Spoiled. I loved, character. I loved losing teeth. <laughs> I'm sure it's all <laughs> part of the plan. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, tooth fairy first, and then Easter Bunny. I don't, God, it's so weird, like. Didn't mom and dad do tooth fairy shit with us? I can't remember. Really? I feel like they did, but I don't, I still don't think, I, I don't think it was under the, I don't know if it, I mean, I still was, I think it was done in fun, but like, they were like, but it's not real. Like. Yeah, I think that, yeah. Like they I, weren't, I, I they, they weren't spend a lot of time convincing that. Th- that, that the, the, uh, the theology behind the tooth fairy. <laughs> Yeah, vague memory of maybe getting a dollar or something. I, I honestly don't remember. Yeah, yeah. It could have been that we, you know, we pulled, we yanked the tooth out and then they just gave you a dollar. That's probably how it <laughs> right went Right then. Out. <laughs> yeah. Been, yeah. I didn't so wake up like, with it under my pillow. pillow. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. going on. Well, here's the the great thing is, like, I would be like, what? I didn't see, like, my gift from the tooth fairy or whatever because my parents had just fallen asleep or something. And so they would go to look for it and always magically find. Because they would put it there in the moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they would bring whatever with them and then be like, oh, here it is. Yeah. Well, like you yeah, guys your parents are... went, went uh, pretty hard in the paint on the I feel like it's pretty typical. Imaginary. I feel like it was a typical experience. Probably. <laughs> Yeah, ours was probably right. the it just seems one. it seems hard in the paint to, to <laughs> us. It was we not had fucking zero. Yeah, it was not over the top at all. I don't. I didn't feel at the time. <laughs> you were like, you guys are giving me a little too much money on this <laughs> yeah. tooth here. <laughs> oh, the money thing. I definitely got way more money than your typical person. Yeah, twenty spots seems it's pretty not, pretty that's baller. That's not typical. You had you got about twenty times the amount of yeah, uh, child. It's not at all your typical. That child. Was... I feel like most kids probably get like a fiver. I you think it's like... from one to five. No, some I feel like we get, get a, like a buck. I feel like some kids get like a quarter. Yeah. yeah. Oh okay. It's it was extravagant. A fiver. <laughs> I just, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you're fucking it very small child when you're losing teeth. It's not like you have. Right. An abundance of uh, bills. <laughs> you can really only buy candy or toys. It's not. Yeah, but then Legos be expensive. <laughs> and most of those are being purchased for you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you, ever, do you remember the first big toy that you bought on your own? Typewriter. I bought it with my PFD. <laughs> Oh, you got, did you get your whole BFD? Because we definitely only got fifty dollars no. out of ours. I I was able to. Um, buy In my day, one, it was a hundred. I was able to buy one thing with it. Now, I could have used that to more of my advantage, but I was very much into the saving money concept. So the typewriter is the biggest thing I ever bought. I was not into that shit at all. And zero desire to save my money. I had like a compulsion. I do now. To. I have like I have like a compulsion about it now, um, but that's a very very recent development. I saved my money so hard, uh, and then I bought like two big expensive Lego sets, mm-hmm. and then I remember being like, "Yeah, these are the ones I want." And then after I was done building them, having this like emptiness in my heart, like <laughs> well, that was it. Aww. I still play with my Legos, and I fucking got a lot of lot of play out of 
mm-hmm. my big box of Legos that I've collected over over the years. Fucking, I mean, that was my main toy, but uh, no, no regrets. But <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go to bed at some point. I'm sorry. I hate to. No, I, I think I think we've pretty much hit <laughs> hit the end of a good a good it's stopping like place, as it were. Very very late. Uh, yeah, we are three and a half hours in. This is a Malcolm Hex of a podcast. Uh, in fact, I think it syncs up perfectly. If you pl- hit press play on both Malcolm X and this podcast at the same time, yeah. it's like a, a Dark Side of Oz situation where we things right, line you just up. Right, turn the sound off on Malcolm X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it starts off with, I'm going to pray for you. And then it goes from there with all the weird coincidences. The moment he becomes Malcolm X is when I bring him <laughs> up and shit. Oh, man. That, Spoilers. I think we're going to, we should do that. When you come when you come and visit, Jamal, we'll fucking line him up. Yeah. All right. Line him up and strike him. I'm fucking super down. That is worth the plane ticket, I'm telling you. All right, man. Good uh, chatting. As always, no emails. No emails. No. Okay. Email, right. us, email us at readfellas at gmail. We should put it at the. We should put it at the very front of the podcast. Every podcast. We should. We definitely should. We always put it at the end. We should tag it at the beginning. Readfellas at gmail.com. Uh, let us know. House, housekeeping. Although. Let us know things. We managed, just fine. Oh yeah. We always yeah. do. Oh, we yeah. always seem to do it. And this one we is... We wouldn't have gotten to your emails. This is definitely oh, a twofer. Yeah, this, this, this week. Yeah. I feel like this is... We're getting a lot of bang for your buck on this episode. Yeah. And a lot probably more than you bargained for. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Quit talking and I'm going to put butter on this shit. <laughs> I always wait for Morgan to say bye. Oh, sorry. Bye. Fuck. <laughs> I was just stay hydrated. Like, sitting here with my eyes closed. <laughs> I will take you to mama, show you to mama. Tell us in a you be the woman for the matter. I will make you my matter. Baby girl, cause now you be the woman for the matter. I love for you, no be lie lie. It is shaggy me like a kai kai. I have made my decision to marry you. To be together. Just yes. me and you. I will do for you. Anything you want, I go do for you, girl. Baby, I go pray for you. Me and you go day till eternity, girl. I go day for you. Anything you want, I go do for you, girl. Baby, I go pray for you. Me and you go day till eternity, girl.